to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we rewatch Supernatural and talk it through in the hopes that we can finally escape this show. Join us each week, leave comments on upcoming episodes, and together we can escape Supernatural Purgatory. With friends again. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> uh, it's me, Danny. I was on for uh, the episode Bedtime Stories in season three. Mm-hmm. And then on this, this season, I did um, It's a Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. Uh, um, yeah. That was good fun. That was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, that ruled. <laughs> so yeah, we are back talking about uh season four episode 20 the the rapture written by jeremy carver which i could i would not have guessed that there wasn't any like gross Mm. dean moments in this but then again there wasn't a lot of sam and dean in this episode they were basically support characters yeah it it was a misha loving episode and and Jeremy Carver, for all his faults, did seem to appreciate pretty Misha. <laughs> That's true. That is true. It was it. Who was it that said like he's a tall drink of water? Was it Jeremy? <laughs> Car- <laughs> that might have been him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was. It was with the the commentary on in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. that is what he said i forgot that he said that so yeah like all of us jeremy carver has a thing for misha collins (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) how could you not especially like season four misha collins Mm. who's like i don't know he's he's got that ethereal thing going on later on he's a beefcake which is also good um (laughs) but the ethereal thing is very is very cool I just I appreciate his like they they've had they must have been filming this when it was incredibly cold in Canada. Oh, so much! It's really obvious how cold they are in yeah. this this episode. Um, <laughs> like they're trying so hard, they're trying to be so brave about it, but it, they look like they're absolutely freezing. Yeah, because Misha the whole time has like a little red nose and like <laughs> cheeks, rosy cheeks. So um, before we were recording, I was saying that this episode. Um, it's actually shorter than usual. It's like about three minutes shorter. And um, we proposed that it was because of the fight scenes. They had to cut out <laughs> a significant amount. Because poor old Misha, he didn't quite ever get that in his acting school. <laughs> Couldn't they just had near the end of the episode, Dean gets wailed on by a demon. Couldn't they just had three more minutes of that? Yeah. Because we know they can do that. That's, a, that's, that's a good amount of the content of the show is Dean and Sam just getting beat up. I think we could have added that like minute and a half of just Castiel walking away from them at the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Like the full breakup moment. Um, we love to see a pretty girl walk away. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> talking about that there's one thing i have to discuss because i don't know when i'm going to bring it up in the episode um but this just look for any (laughs) for anyone who denies like destia was a thing here the absolute lack of sexual tension between dean and jimmy in this episode yeah it's really palpable (laughs) yeah yeah there's nothing (laughs) as soon as cass is like back in his his like jimmy vessel uh, yeah, he like stares Dean down. It's really intense. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. yeah. Just if you're watching this again, if on a rewatch, just you know, just think about their previous interactions in the episodes and think how very, very different this episode is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. We can talk about that more as we go through. Yeah. I'm sure it will come up again. <laughs> we better. <laughs> now that Cass is in the show, we can 
all be cast girls no matter your gender we are all cast girls yes, <laughs> yes we are right <laughs> absolutely well, what's really funny is like early days of us doing this podcast i got like i, I think a message on tumblr i can't remember who it was from and it was directed at me and it was like I, you talk about dealing with i can tell inside you're a cast girl and this is like season two. <laughs> <laughs> called out so with the recap, we have Cass's introduction, essentially. Yeah, big chunk of the scene, yeah. Saying who he is and like, this is a vessel. This is a meat suit. Like it's very, he has much disrespect for the human he's possessing. Well, he's like, uh, uh, he's a devout man. He prayed for this. And then we see um, Ruby and Sam getting it on and Dean's like voiceover saying like, something's wrong with you. Something, something narrative parallels even in the recap <laughs> something something <laughs> over the scene of sam drinking ruby's blood it, they, they play like an a, a clip of of him saying she saved my life like it's mm. it's really funny like they play that over him drinking blood which is not the, <laughs> the what that quote meant no no and then um it ends with chuck saying like you sucking blood you know that's wrong and the line that oh, it's, it's just gonna haunt me forever of sam saying i wish to god i could stop and it's like you are oh, yeah. actually doing so and that oh i hate that so much i hate it so much. like it's just a knife through the heart every time i think about it um we then cut to like a, a fishing lure on the on a lake and we see that Dean is just sat there happily fishing. Um, I will say, I, maybe because it's camera work and you can't generally see fishing line, but it did look like the, the lure was just like, or lure. There. It the was water. just, yeah, bobbing along. Well, Dean didn't exactly look like he was fishing. He just looked like he was just relaxing. Yeah. And like the lure was there for like company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this is it. He didn't like look like a man who was trying to catch fish. But I mean, it's it's lit in all the beautiful dream-like orange of Supernatural, mm-hmm. which I very much <laughs> but a little bit less creepy than the later seasons. Yeah, it this feels more more natural. The orange. It's more of like an autumn. Like it's like more of like the filter they would they would give to show you that it's like autumn or something. Yeah, like yeah. Sunset. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny though? It did remind me of like the the box art of the like complete se- uh, series, like that same kind of yeah. I was just like, I love this, but it does give me the horrible feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Cass appears next to him and says, "We need to talk." And then Dean just says, "I'm dreaming, aren't I?" I'm just like, yeah, he Aw. like instantly knows it's a dream. Yeah, probably because it's too nice. <laughs> Yeah, which I'm I'm really happy for Dean that, you know, his dreams have moved on from hell because obviously we've seen him like him recollect dreaming of hell, like not sleeping soundly. And now he's like at a lake. Mm. Or did Cass create that location for Dean? And normally he would just have nightmares, but Cass came up with a meeting place. That could be true because he does say, Cass does say it's not safe here. We need to be more private. And apparently inside Dean, Dean's head is not private, which, I mean, we've already seen Uriel invade, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But but that's got crazy 
implications though because if Cass or Uriel are in his head like he knows but the idea that they're being spied on and we they, and they don't necessarily know means that can does that mean that any angel can like read Dean's mind at any point in time I'm, I think this is it isn't it like I, I think a lot of the angels can just pop up in and out of people's heads there is without no them knowing yeah yeah, which does have huge implications for what they know. And it certainly means then that Chuck can, mm. which, you know, it's not it's not surprising. But yeah, it's like the, if he can read everybody's mind, then it makes it a lot easier for him to control the story. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Where do you, Oh, this is an interesting question, because we did have this conversation with Charlie in our um, episode of Monster at the end of the book. Danny, where do you stand on was God... Was Chuck a god or a prophet in season four? Uh, God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think he was just having like a uh he was just role playing. He was just well, he wanted to be part of the story. Like I think they say it in the episode of like it's is it like an M Night Shyamalan thing? It is. It's he wanted to be in his own story and and be like a cool character. Um, and he, he desperately, desperately wants to get near Dean and like, <laughs> like smell him or something. Um, cause he's, he's so horny for Dean. That's, that's my take on Chuck. Um, <laughs> that's so funny because no matter where you fall on the profit to God's scale, everyone's like, yeah, but he wants to bang Dean though. <laughs> he really does. That's very true. Which very if, true. if Chuck is at least at times a stand in for Eric Kripke, and we know that Eric Kripke's wife is named Deanna. Yep. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's 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 a line you could draw. <laughs> the, the conspiracy board like it, it populates itself. <laughs> it really does. It's, it's significant. Like it, it's good to know your stance on that as we go through this because, like, I mean, God's not very much mentioned in this episode, but it's it's. I don't know, helpful to know. I feel like we all, all four of us had differing opinions. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to do with angels and the way that angels affect humans. So so God is an, sort of inherently, you know, adjacent to that, especially in these seasons. That's very true. That, yeah, that is, that is very, very true. So uh, Cass hands him a piece of paper and says, we have to meet here and um, you need to go right now. And Cass disappears. Dean wakes up. Okay, question about that. So inside Dean's head is not safe, but Dean has to open up the paper to read it, which would mean that anyone spying in his head would read the paper, which kind of explains how other angels found Cass uh, at the meeting location. Uh, because handing him a paper in the dream is not going to change. If he'd handed him the paper in real life, he could Dean could have like hidden it, right? But if 360 view... For any angel spying in his head, they could see that they could see the paper. Mm. They could read the location. Or, <laughs> or was it an inception moment where he planted the idea in his head? So the paper is just representing that. Yeah, I was wondering that. Yeah, because we don't see him <laughs> open the paper or anything. We just see Dean wake up. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> I can't. I can't be doing with the inception <laughs> stuff. It, the movie confused me. <laughs> dream things confused. Well, I think what the movie's about, the, the ultimate point of the movie is saying that if you have daddy issues, you need to have like, go like three dreams deep and like <laughs> say goodbye to him on a deathbed. If Leonardo DiCaprio got like 
like 20 hours alone with Dean, he could have fixed him, I think is, is, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely, definitely true. <laughs> I'm just, I'm imagining the cast of Inception all trying to get to like inside Dean's head. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> I would want to see that. Tom Hardy trying to fight Crowley in hell or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Like, what layers would there be? It would just be it'd like... Dante's Inferno, surely. <laughs> it would... Right, yeah. Well... <laughs> Dante's Inferno in, in, head. in the movie, uh, Elliot Page's character has to, uh, like... Is, is the architect and has to, like, create these, like, fake levels of the dream state like based off of what they know of the guy's head they're going into so it's like it's assumptions about like this looks like a normal everyday thing that's why they have like a, a street that they're on and they, they go inside a building like it's all meant to be normal looking so he doesn't realize he's in a dream so but what but they how would any of those people know dean well enough to know what looks like a normal like convincing <laughs> like yeah. dream level for him for him it wouldn't go well it'd be like baby motels motels <laughs> and like bobby's house and that's pretty much it oh oh a vancouver vancouver forest that's what it is that's that's the last like level Ooh. <laughs> is it purgatory or not <laughs> but the question is what filter is coloring the vancouver forest is it purgatory it's not safe here someplace more private more private we're inside my head exactly someone could be listening uh, sam and dean end up in a warehouse <laughs> and they're walking around trying to find where Cass is and so they notice that there's the symbol that banished the angels that anna did back in heaven and hell heaven yeah. and hell yeah, that was a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as they're looking around more they see Cass on the floor and dean goes over to him and like shakes him awake but we know something's wrong because his voice is different his voice is different and he's saying what's what's going on he very much does not seem like Cass because he's not <laughs> no Cass, you okay Castiel. Not Castiel. It's me. Who's me? Jimmy. My name's Jimmy. And then we get the title card. It's just like, oh, Cass is gone. Oh no, what are we going to do? I think this is true throughout this episode that actually both Sam and Dean refer to Cass as Cass all the way through this, but obviously Jimmy and I think maybe Anna refer to him as no, Castiel. No, Anna definitely says Cass at one point. I, I, I remember it. How does she? Yes. Um, she, she's one of the, the ones that should call him Cass. Like, as someone who wants him to be more, um, well not, you know, wants him to not be part of like the the host, you know? <laughs> it's, it's really interesting who does and who doesn't call him Cass. I, I, I have found through watching this. I think even Yurio at one point called him Cass, which was mm -hmm. real weird. Yeah, that's probably a mistake uh, on the, the part of the writers. Or even it could have been an actor or thing and no one caught it. When people use Cass is when they're trying to convince him of something. Yes. Get him on their side. So it's like, well, he obviously responds to this nickname. So let me use that nickname. Um, I do find it interesting that in this next conversation, because Jimmy refers to him as Castiel, so do Sam and Dean, and then they all switch to Cass. Oh, I I wanted to mention they saw they they saw like the the sigil in blood on the the wall, and it um from what we know later on in the episode it like clearly didn't 
work because I probably Cass couldn't get to it in time to to banish the angels. But it's interesting because we see, I guess this is a bit of a spoiler, but we see at the end of the season, Cass use a banishing sigil and it doesn't work on him because he's the one that uses it. Which later mm. canon in the show shows us that even if an angel uses a banishing sigil, it will also banish them. In season four, we yeah, it's a different different canon with how that that sigil works. Um, and there's, I think it changes in season five when Cass like cuts the sigil into his chest. Um, and I like to think that part of the reason he did that is because it failed this time because he couldn't get to the like this mm. the spell in time to activate it so he's like okay this time it's on me <laughs> so that this time it'll work i'm not going back to heaven i'm not getting caught again i mean he was kind of overzealous with it too like he oh, drew yeah, that big time. massively on the wall like of course you're not going to be able to get to it because you did it so big <laughs> <laughs> it was huge it's a bit of a bait and switch isn't it though because you think initially in this episode that, he, that he's been banished through this and obviously mm-hmm. we're we don't know where he's actually actually gone you know i think you're right like the fact that the law changes is really interesting because I, I, that is a plot point that definitely comes up it's <laughs> like Cass can't do this because Cass will leave too it's like they just decided one day that that was going to be it now <laughs> hmm. so, so um we cut to a motel room and i really love this shot i don't know there's something really iconic about it um, of Jimmy sat at the table with the two of them. It's almost like a uh, Last Supper kind of thing. And it's the lighting, I think. Whenever we see Jimmy sit down and eat in this episode, he's flanked by two people, whether it's like Sam and Dean or his wife and daughter. Yeah, it's made to look as him like the head of the table, but also like kind of isolated. It could. I also read it as like, oh, when he's with his like wife, like with Amelia and Claire, it's like his family. But then you have Dean and Sam here are like, Cass's pseudo family so he sat at the head of that table I don't know I was just being sentimental about (laughs) well but all like the shots of Jimmy in this scene like eating in the motel Mm -hmm. most of them on him cut out Sam and Dean yeah that's true and then if we're like on Sam and Dean we'll get like part of you know we'll get like Jimmy in the background or something but like I don't know I, I, I noticed that the a lot of the shots were like weirdly centered on him in a way that um was almost a little too close a little yeah. uncomfortable also um this is the first time we kind of i guess see Cass or his vessel without the trench coat mm-hmm. yeah super weird yeah it, it's and, super weird. and eating <laughs> yeah it's like he's naked you know <laughs> my i don't know if i said this before but my stance on on Cass and and him getting like undressed is <laughs> because we see we see Cass like shirtless mm-hmm. in, in later seasons and every time I see Cass shirtless to me that's just Misha like it's like too <laughs> yeah. jarring so I just see Misha however yeah. if Cass takes off the trench coat or even like the the jacket underneath and it's mm-hmm. just like the the shirt that's Cass getting naked that's my opinion <laughs> right. any further than that is just Misha undressing <laughs> so true <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's so true <laughs> i just don't believe it when it's more than that i'm like that's a that's a misha right there <laughs> <laughs> i always thought maybe like the removal of the coat was almost like the symbolic like, of like shedding the angelness of of him as well because it's very much flappy wings right in the wind yeah, yeah. well it's also like business right it's like he's yeah. wearing the coat it means that he's 
he's got work to do. Um, and like he he doesn't wear it when he's he's human in season nine because he's not able to like help out or like do angel stuff obviously like he's just kind of human trying to survive or like when he takes it off because he's Cassifer it's like well yeah he's definitely not doing his like cast business he's not on the job job. so it's his uniform yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uniform that's right yeah, so Jimmy is sat with, with Sam and Dean at this table, like, absolutely devouring a burger and a, and a drink. It looks like the same burgers that we see um, in season five with when Cass uh, is got, like, the hunger for, for meat. Um, mm-hmm. And both this episode and that episode, I've noticed, looks like a bad burger. It looks really boring. <laughs> looks like it's just meat and bread. It does not yeah. look tasty at all. <laughs> So uh, obviously, like Sam is is questioning. Well, they both really are questioning him about what happened. Um, and Jimmy says that all he remembers is a flash of light, and then he woke up as himself again. So what? Cass just ditched out of your meat suit? I guess Dean's asking in a Dean way. Did Cass leave voluntarily? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jimmy says that he doesn't know. Uh, yeah, and Sam calls it. He says that it looks like they, it, like a angel battle royale yeah. <laughs> happened there, which I would watch the heck out of that. Why didn't Supernatural give us that? I just want to see more angels fighting with glowy powers. I want more light powers on yeah. on screen. And mm-hmm. and now that like we have to wait for the next season of The Boys, there's just no light powers to, to satisfy me. <laughs> I do love Starlight in, in The Boys, but like, what exactly are her powers? Because <laughs> just seem to be like just being real bright <laughs> yeah real bright I, I think it's what it says on the tin it's yeah starlight it's just it's just light i guess <laughs> um because it's not electricity even though she gets her power from electricity yeah but it is i appreciate a glowing woman i i'm not complaining yeah i yeah <laughs> absolutely like 100 i'm here for it but um at some point we need to explain that because you can't just make a pseudo cast glowy in your show <laughs> I mean he's deranged we know that Sam does say that he you know did Cass wanted to tell them something before he went but Jimmy doesn't remember what it is and when Dean asks him what he does remember he just says that his name is Jimmy Novak and he's from Pontiac Illinois <laughs> I know we're in Chuck's story <laughs> but the fact so Pontiac is where um, Dean was raised from the grave as well mm-hmm Oh, that's right. So it, I actually forgot that. It's it's like the coinc. I guess the coincidences that Chuck had to write that Cass's true vessel bloodline also happened to live in Pontiac, where Dean was buried by Sam and Bobby. And we spoke about why they even bothered to drive to Pontiac to bury Dean there because he he died in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know. It's just why Pontiac. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. <laughs> do so all the good vessels come from Pontiac, Illinois? <laughs> Is that where all like the the good angel vessels are located? I I guess so. They just raise them different in Pontiac. <laughs> something yeah, something in the water, something in the the soil that Dean climbed out of. Yeah, <laughs> makes them angel ready and. <laughs> <laughs> ready for just being a meat suit <laughs> perhaps it's prepping prepped him yeah absolutely something about Pontiac is this real good at prepping meat suits <laughs> um lubricating me <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that I said that 
there's also a, a line where they're asking him what he remembers asking Jimmy what he remembers and he says that he doesn't remember much because angel inside you it's kind of like being chained to a comet oh that didn't sound like much fun understatement which is such a great line uh, there's a lot of implications first of all angel inside you great yeah. stuff <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah the chain to a comment is so cool i love it it's a good visual like just the out of controlness of it right that you're just being carried mm-hmm. along by this unstoppable force but also like celestial like literally part of the celestial bodies <laughs> yeah yeah i swear some of the lines they write in here like that's oh, too good for supernatural so we do go into a flashback and it kind of fades from jimmy saying i have a family to fading into his family we see his wife who's called amelia and claire who i mean we'll talk about claire <laughs> and they are sitting down to pray over some food uh, all together. So they're clearly a very religious family. Well, and Jimmy's wearing like the classic like conservative dad outfit of like an oversized like um, button up like shirt. And he mm-hmm. like, man, all like the dads I grew up like with my, all my friends' dads, they all wore this exact like outfit and had like, the boring like flattened hair. And I was just... I saw that I was like, oh my goodness. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> See, yeah. I know exactly who this person is just by like how he's dressed. And it does not seem like it fits Misha at all, but it, it, it works. Um, yeah. It's, I, the one thing I do struggle with this episode is because Jimmy's voice is just Misha's voice. Well, I have a question <laughs> about that because his, his voice is obviously a lot higher be- for Jimmy because mm-hmm. we know that Misha sort of lowers his voice to play Cass. Yeah. But I was wondering if there were moments where he like actually raises his voice beyond his normal for Jimmy or if that's just how high Misha's voice was back then. Oh, that's um, and I don't know. I've not seen like enough interviews or anything to know how high his voice was in like 2008. But um, there's moments where I'm like, are you putting it on? Misha does do this up- uplift of his voice sometimes when he speaks. I, I shouldn't know too much, this much information about <laughs> but, um, if you watch sort of panels and things even now like he does he he has sometimes like an uplift in his voice and I feel like mm-hmm. you're right actually I think it's slightly raised for Jimmy but it's at that point so to me because maybe I've watched way too many panels and Misha still sounds like Misha but not at his like natural register his kind of exaggerated register. Right. I do think he exaggerates it a bit for, for Jimmy because I th- think he really wanted to make it super different from Cass's voice. <laughs> so he's like, for um, Cass, I went low. So for Jimmy, I'm going high. This is the yeah. full range of my <laughs> my accent. And my my throat will never stop hurting. <laughs> yeah. oh, it must have been such a relief to play Jimmy for a bit. Like, oh, I can finally stop like sucking on lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> I was also trying to remember how he sounds in uh, The French Mistake, because yeah. I think even then it sounds a little <laughs> bit different to Jimmy. Well, You're there's right. definitely points in that where he, he definitely makes his voice higher. Um, yeah. Well, yes. Completely. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. This accent master. He's the, he's the accent master. Well, no. No, no, no. There's, um... There's the season 13 question mark German Nazi alternate universe cast. So, so no, not accent master. Oh, no, 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 I know. <laughs> I do think, however, I do appreciate his empty accent. Also from season 13. 
I I enjoy that one. I think that was fun. I think and it's I'm fun. gonna die that hell. <laughs> I do think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we see Jimmy falling asleep in front of the TV. Um, he's watching some kind of religious touched by an angel TV drama. I don't yeah. know. Well, it's no, it's like I was gonna say televangelist TV, mm-hmm. where they 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 bring up like an audience member that's had like a religious experience that was instigated by like the televangelist, like preacher oh, or whatever. Okay. And the guy's like, I think he says some line like, "There was an angel on either side of me," mm-hmm. and then that's when like the TV like like cuts out into like really loud static. Yeah. Um, Cass trying to communicate through televisions. You think with Jimmy... Well, I know. I guess to be fair to him, it works with Jimmy. So why would he not try and do it when he's trying to talk to Dean? Well, there's um, there's the season six line of where Cass says that he's um a celestial wavelength of intent. Yes. And if you think about, like, wavelength, like, so, like, sound waves. Yeah. Is Cass's, mm-hmm. like, true form primarily sound? He, he talks to, like, the radios and the TVs. It would definitely work. So yeah, the TV goes with staticky and that wakes Jimmy up and he's like, what's going on? And he he goes to try and like change the TV channel or whatever and he gets the really high-pitched ring that we heard from Lazarus Rising come through. It was so loud and- I actually tur- had to turn down my television. <laughs> <laughs> and we and so the screen the tv screen is like flashing between all these different images and then yeah. also static as jimmy's like covering his ears from the noise we see it start to cut back and forth between the images and jimmy in like a way that implies that the images are actually in his head as well mm-hmm. like that it's not just on the screen that, that he's feeling the images or seeing them or whatever in his head which it, and it's uncomfortable side note the i couldn't make out any of the images other than a rocket and some sort of military vehicle yeah um which both are like space and fighting (laughs) (laughs) right like like angels are from above and they fight like those are the two images Mm -hmm. that i could find it was also a little earlier a a big shot like a, a longer like shot of just planet earth from like above in space so yeah the only images are um i don't know they seem relevant to angels yeah it's almost like it's like a translation of perhaps of what Cass is trying to tell him like right oh the apocalypse is coming we need your help kind of thing but it's getting filtered through images that maybe jimmy can comprehend because what Cass is is projecting is beyond comprehension for humans Mm -hmm. he clearly like tones it down later on in the episode and because because jimmy as he like hears the noise and it's getting these images he starts to like convulse not good (laughs) not good good. like tone it down Cass. come on (laughs) does not know how to use his inside voice A, a, a question here when do you think this happened so okay that's interesting isn't it (laughs) (laughs) let's get into it so we're given the impression that Cass like for lack of a better word woos Jimmy as a vessel over a decent period of time Mm -hmm. like because at some point uh, Jimmy says like he's talked to Cass like a a dozen times Mm -hmm. or so and you have to imagine that's not all the same day or anything so it's mm. like at least a week right but probably longer because again stripping forward a little bit yeah his wife amelia tries to give him like medication yeah um, right she thinks he's having a psychotic break which is mm-hmm. kind of true 
And so clearly they had time to like go to a psychiatrist and get prescription medication, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so clearly time has passed. Like it could be a month or something, it could be more. I think Cass had to have been, I don't know which I should use, wooing or prepping uh, Jimmy for a while before, before he raises Dean. And there's interesting implications because we know that, we know that he had to fight like a long battle to get to Dean in hell, like him and other angels. However, Mm -hmm. hell time is different than earth time. So did he, was he like preparing Jimmy as a vessel prior to going down to hell? Mm. Or is there something where like he was doing both at the same time, like celestial, like texting Jimmy as he's in hell (laughs) fighting demons or, or yeah. Or time travel, even? Maybe, because it doesn't... Basically, I have issues with the timeline, because... Right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, what was it? September 18th. Was that right when Dean was raised from... Well, he came out of the grave, raised from hell. Yes? I think that's right. uh, I think so. Yes. And they've said that Jimmy in this episode has been gone almost a year, so it would be August? (laughs) It's clearly... We see snow on the ground. That's not... Yeah, it can't be August. It's not August. And also, we have had a Halloween episode, so we know it's past October. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, it doesn't line up. I, I, in some ways, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I, I, the only explanation that makes sense if you're trying to follow supernatural chrono, chrono, chronologically... Can't say that word. Which one should never try to do. But. No. <laughs> it's, it's a recipe for madness that this does involve some kind of, like, jumping back and forth time travel issues. But then that would... I don't know. But... Basically, yeah. I want to point out the timeline doesn't make sense. And also, I think you're right. This looks to be like a month or two before. I don't think that Cass needed Jimmy to go to hell. That I don't think the, the angels need vessels no. to go I mean, there. I know we see the mm-hmm. handprint, but the handprint... First of all, we don't know that true form angels don't have hands. Because we, we know that they can have multiple heads yeah. of like animals. So why couldn't they have... like? hands as part of their true form and secondly the the handprint could be the real world like three-dimensional interpretation of some Mm -hmm. form that's that's like got that's in multiple dimensions and so it's like you know it's like half of the image Mm and just looks like a handprint but no i do not think that there's any way that jimmy the vet well it, it can't be because we see we when when Dean is in the the gas station right after right after he gets out of the grave. He walks mm-hmm. to a gas station, and we hear like the Cass's like true voice, and like basically he like blows past the the <laughs> gas station. Yeah. And he's clearly not in a vessel at that point, mm-hmm. right? So and he because he thinks that Dean can, can would be able to understand him, which he can't. So he has to go and get his vessel to talk to Dean. So time travel. Maybe up to that point, he had been, like, wooing Jimmy, went and got Dean from hell, then tried to communicate with him, realised it wasn't really happening, thinking, oh, I kind of need to finish this, like, situation with Jimmy, and then went to go get that vessel once he realised that he otherwise was not going to be able to communicate with him. I think there's a bit of jumping back and forth from Cass, like, am I going to have to get a vessel? Oh, God, 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 I'm going to have to get a vessel, man. <laughs> or maybe he, he really thought that because Dean he really thought Dean could understand him yeah. he thought maybe he'd get away with not having a vessel at all and then when he realizes he doesn't he's like fine I'm gonna go and spend two months in the past Ooh. trying to get this guy to say yes which actually he probably doesn't have to do because we see 
Like, no other angel goes to this much work to get a vessel. Other than, like, trying to get, like, Dean or Sam as a vessel, right? Like, mm-hmm. but all the other angels, they just, like, they find people who will, like, instantly say yes. But Cass is, like, like slow and street- sweet. He, uh, he takes his time. There's foreplay. Um, and I don't know if that's Cass being nice or Jimmy being stubborn. It's just the, he wants the enthusiastic consent. He doesn't just I think want so, the consent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and arguably informed. I think it's not yeah. informed, but I think he tries for it to be. Because mm. Cass is bad at communicating. He would think he did everything he could to, to inform Jimmy, but he really didn't. He did not. Cool. Well, I'm glad we solved that one. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut back from the flashback into um, the present day and they're still at the motel. Um, Sam and Dean are outside and they're discussing what to do about Jimmy. Dean immediately wants to send him home. He's like, well, he has a family. We buy him a bus ticket. Let's let's go. Um, and Sam is, as he has been in most of this season, a bit more ruthless and saying, you know, he's the only one who knows what happened. He's got information that we need. Dean doesn't even think he knows anything. Like he just, he just wants to send him on his way. I, I wonder if this is because... Sam is equating angel possession with demon possession and in that situation which Sam has been possessed by a demon before he remembered everything that that occurred so he's made yeah. like well Jimmy's just lying how could he possibly not know right whereas we kind of do later on get that angel possession is different and they don't necessarily remember everything that has happened well and Sam also mentions like even if if Jimmy doesn't know anything they could maybe like contact a psychic and yeah. and have them you know like sense try to figure out jimmy because because they have a good track record with psychics of course <laughs> they didn't they didn't get the last one killed or anything oh, um <laughs> like sam's not entirely wrong that mm. they they need to like they, 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 he's their only clue but it, it is it is ruthless to like be like he can't go back home to his family yeah Again, like, it's, it's just doing the whole, like, Dean's a bit more soft in this season towards, like, people with families and Sam's, like, a ruthless demon boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing yourselves any favours. <laughs> I do think in a later season, Dean would have made the argument of, like, well, we got to figure out what... We got to use yeah. this, this person and figure out what's going on. Like, I'm surprised Dean isn't a little bit more pragmatic about it. Like, they could have... Jimmy could have gone home, but they could have, like followed yeah. and like have a psychic meet them there or something you know like it doesn't have to be either or what it is is the guilt that dean is feeling that he's been like um kind of lusting over this guy for how many weeks <laughs> now and now he's actually met the like the vessel and realized he's just a conservative dad and been like yeah. damn i've been having these impure f- thoughts <laughs> i better get him outside of his family and out of the way <laughs> There's actually a line where Dean's like, um, remember when our job was helping people, getting them back to their families? And I was thinking, huh, maybe Dean has baggage about a dad leaving his family because of supernatural things. And maybe he wants families to be reunited and not be separated. Is this why he has more of a connection with Claire? Well, yeah, Claire's Dean coded. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. They 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 both have because because Amelia later on in the show abandons Claire to go look for Jimmy. Yeah. So Amelia's basically the John like allegory actually, mm. and and Jimmy's the one that made a deal with a supernatural creature that ends up like ruining his family's lives, You're aka right. yeah. Mary. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they have the same life. <laughs> Claire and Dean have the same life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I... We'll talk more about Claire. I love that they brought her back in later <laughs> seasons. I do. I love it so much. So Jimmy is obviously confronting them and saying, like, what do you mean I can't go home? Dean explains that it's, you know, because he's a target. Not necessarily because they need his information, but because he has a target on his back. And they're talking about, like, whether they want information from him about angels or whatever, but Jimmy just wants to go home. See, this is where I'm like, do, how much does Jimmy remember? Because he says here... I've been shot and stabbed and healed and my body's been dragged all over the earth. By some miracle, I'm out and I am done. So he remembers getting, like, stabbed <laughs> probably by Dean. He could have had, like, the yeah. physical memories of, like pain or discomfort but not necessarily cognitive memories of what Cass the angel was thinking like those are two different things right like to understand angel thoughts and have like be able to keep track of Mm. of like angel communication or something that's very true actually yeah i i don't think jimmy is lying in this i I really genuinely don't think that he knows what happened do you think like his vessel gets sort of like suspended in space i don't know something while castiel the angel goes to like heaven so like his physical body can't actually get into heaven we almost see that actually when when later on we find out what naomi's been doing and we see Cass kind of getting like pulled out and pulled back in again he kind of like has these i mean jimmy's not there anymore but like kind of has these moments where he's just like frozen almost but it's it's like split it's it's such split second like time doesn't actually pass on earth what what we see in season six that i'm pretty sure we see that the cast can like not necessarily freeze time but like yeah like there could be stuff going on that happens like complex stuff that going on that can happen in like a millisecond but I have an answer for the the vessel in heaven Mm. heaven thing because the vessel has to go to heaven I mean it's okay it's complicated because Cass is a unique situation at that point because Jimmy's no longer in the vessel and the body is basically Cass's but Cass is made human in heaven because because Metatron steals his grace and so mm. clearly the vessel is there, like a f- because he's then physically like flesh and blood in heaven yeah. at that point. At least that version of the vessel is in heaven. Why are we I'm getting so insistent? I'm sorry. I think I think there's two things that can happen here. I think you're right. I do think that sometimes Cass goes to heaven in his vessel once Jimmy isn't there anymore because we see him go through the portals and stuff. Yada yada yada. I I also think that it's possible for them to go back to heaven without their vessel in that like short split of time but when we ever when we see that happen it's almost like a projection so we just see mm-hmm. them in their vessel form because that's how they would it's expect telepathic. it to be seen yeah exactly mm-hmm. i don't know it's so all of that all of that comes back to the fact that uh jimmy might not know anything because Cass has actually left him while he gets the information from heaven yeah that's true and, and i again i think it happens in like no time Anyway, <laughs> deep in the meta angel analysis here. Um, <laughs> Always. I enjoy it though, it's good. Yes. Sam wants Jimmy to stay with them and says that they are, they are the safest place, which, debatable. Um, <laughs> and Jimmy asks for the first time in this episode how long, and he repeats this a few times. And Sam just says, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Which Jimmy knows is bullshit. He knows, right? Because he leaves. <laughs> He's like, bye, I'm off. <laughs> Well, and Jimmy has, like, no patience or, like, appreciation of, of the two of them. No. Uh, understandably so. But it's it's mm-hmm. so different from Cass, who does almost... Yeah, he has... 
Cass is a bit reverent towards them at times and certainly, mm -hmm. you know, affectionate from at least, you know, an angel standpoint um, in this season versus Jimmy, like, wants nothing to do with him. He is not impressed. <laughs> These two lumberjacks are getting between me and, and my family and I do not want to answer the questions and I do not want to be here. He does not care about Sam and yeah. Dean. He, <laughs> he does not have the derangement syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is immune to the charm. <laughs> Very much so. It's funny to see it. That, that never happens. <laughs> so basically, Sam stops him. He's like, no, you're staying here. And he's keeping Jimmy as a prisoner. I mean, Sam says it's a harsh way to put it, but like, it, it's true. It's, yeah. 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 So later on, we get this very cute shot, shot of a sleeping Jimmy. He's like <laughs> snuggled in his blankies. Um, <laughs> Side sleeper. Yep. <laughs> and, um, we also get like a pan over shot to Dean, who's not under the covers at all. He's just got like his jacket on top of him. He's ready to go, soldier mode, boots still on. My yeah. favorite thing, particularly about earlier seasons, Dean, is that he often, whenever he's like in bed, whether it's like a jacket or a blanket covering him, it's always like snuggled up and like like perfectly covering his chest in a way that's like very like trans mask of him of just like got like i don't know even if he's got clothes on he's always just like got his chest covered in bed it's really weird it's something you normally see of of like women in shows oh uh, yeah i've i've definitely clocked that before like he's very um no nips on screen um <laughs> <laughs> So we see Sam look at Jimmy and look at Dean and they're both asleep. So he sneaks out of the room. Jimmy notices him leaving because, I mean, Sam is a giant. He can't move anywhere stealthily. And Jimmy was clearly awake yeah. and waiting for his moment. <laughs> exactly, because he wants to leave. He's a prisoner. Um, yeah. And he he just, he leaves. We cut to S Sam um, by a vending machine and we see him have a very uh, sort of intimate moment with his hand and some demon blood <laughs> right i was like why why would you drink that way like you're losing so much by pouring it into your hand he's used to consuming it from skin Ooh. he's used to like the, like the dish that the his lovely drink his special drink comes out of is is skin you're right i wish you weren't right it's saltier <laughs> Uh, maybe yeah it's like the flavoring right like you've got everything yeah. tastes better with a bit of salt <laughs> yeah, it does doesn't it um, and the blood is kept in like a little like a kind of fancy um, flask yeah. more proves the fact that he did not need to put it onto his hands like he's got a very easy way of keeping it secret and like he's a Winchester with a flask and you could just drink it Nobody at any that. point in time yep. yes and it, you know, he doesn't he, he can't drink it in like the bathroom in like the motel room with Dean and, and Jimmy. Why do you have to go outside? <laughs> which which seems like he'd be easier for him to be seen by at least somebody if he's outside in the open mm. versus in like a locked bathroom just like drinking from a flask. But he can't, right? he can't be in the same room, like the same like location as Dean and drinking the blood I think. I, I think it's shame. It's a shame thing. Can, can you imagine seeing someone of like Sam's stature by a vending machine licking his hand and it's in a really weird way it's not like it's like very conspicuous it's like how you eat pop rocks <laughs> you're right you are right i know it, we all know it's for tv right right 
Yeah. That's that's the only reason why it's done this way. But the more you think about it, the more no- like I find it really annoying that it's this way that it's been done. It's it's silly. If he really wants the power from it, you would drink directly from it because you're like I said, you're losing some of it because it's just gonna like run off your hand and stuff. Okay, to be fair, to be fair to Sam and maybe the writers, um, <laughs> I don't feel good saying that, but um, part of the problem is that the flask is, like, empty, yeah. right? So he does the thing where he, oh, I think yeah. he does the thing where he, like, you bang, like, the, the mostly empty <laughs> container against your hand to get extra out. Ketchup, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which then puts the blood on the hand, right? Yeah. Um, because mm. he's got so little left that he's got to, like, Take it out. <laughs> I just had a, a terrible thought. He's used to drinking it from directly from like Ruby's skin, right? Right. But in a flask, doesn't it like congeal and get like? Oh. It's not going to be a liquid. Uh. Does he get like some sort of like thinner that he puts it, like he mixes in with it? Well, maybe that's why it's ornate. Like maybe it's a magic flask. Yeah. <laughs> Stops it from congealing. But. It shouldn't be liquidy. It should be like gross and congealed. It should, yeah. yeah. When they take blood, you can like put it in it. I'm getting way too into this. You, you can, if, if you keep it at body temperature and you keep it moving, it won't congeal. So maybe by yeah, keeping but... it close to him and jumping up and down. Every yeah. <laughs> keeping it close to his breast. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, the, the suspension in the Impala is just enough that it shakes him enough. Yeah, that's true. That's a good along. point. Yeah. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> when you start to really break down like blood in the flask it starts to um fall apart yeah, yeah. it's probably a good thing i feel like it shouldn't be easy to just carry blood with you to to, to for any like any drinking reason that's not good yeah. we shouldn't have that be an easy thing <laughs> you're right it's, it's, not, it's not good <laughs> <laughs> so it's the it's the next morning and sam is packing up the, the duffel bag and dean's just like casually brushing his teeth and like chuckling <laughs> yes he he's actually having the time of his life that like that sam messed up so badly mm-hmm. dean doesn't really care because his whole objective was to just let him go in the first place anyways but they're still gonna go after jimmy anyway i guess because they they want to make sure he gets home okay right this they're still protective because there is the possibility that people are gonna go after him they know that for sure so they don't really want him like sneaking off just in case something happens also like he is a lead like you don't know how he's involved in the whole apocalypse stuff like what happened to Cass? why are the angels fighting like all of this there, there's answers here that they don't have that may yeah. be important, but they, they seem pretty it, important. The they know he's a viable vessel for an angel and possibly for Cass to come back into. Like, it, it's he's he's the closest thing they have to co- to contact with Cass. Just that's all they've, they've got right now. <laughs> Sorry, uh, this is funny to you, Mr. Big Bad Prison Guard Jimmy McMook gives you the slip. Yeah, it's pretty funny. What are you doing anyway? I was getting a Coke. Was it a refreshing Coke? <laughs> like, the way that they enunciate Coke in this, I don't know, it just made me yeah. laugh. And Dean's got a mouth full of, like, toothpaste as he says it. It's great. It's great stuff. And Sam's like, can we just, can we go? We need to catch up with this guy. It's like, well, Jimmy's on a bus. I'm pretty sure you guys can catch up to a bus, even <laughs> if it's, like, several hours later. Also, um, <laughs> Sam being, like, Kurt here, at this point, he's in... He's in withdrawal. I think it's worth mentioning. He's with withdrawal yes. from like the, the the lack of blood and um, 
he he's not he doesn't look good and he, like over the course of this episode he starts looking worse and worse yeah the, there are some details in this that i really appreciate from jared that he chose to do um so we we cut to jimmy on the bus and he's looking out the window and then it does a flashback we get the famous arm spaghetti scene <laughs> uh, yeah i i think i wrote it on my notes pasta time <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. so um jimmy's like listening to static and his arm is in the boiling water Amelia walks in and like drops her groceries all over the floor and asking you know what are you doing and he's like oh i'm okay i'm okay look see i'm fine C- castiel told me to do it he said my my uh my wrist wasn't limp enough <laughs> <laughs> I had to make a joke. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> um, and then Amelia asks, "Who's Castiel, and why does he want a lip wrist man?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Also, so all I can think about is that we know that Water and Supernatural is part lube. And obviously, Alicia wasn't sticking his hand in actual hot water or hot lube water. So they've got, like, they've got to have something, like, blowing air or bubbles from the bottom Mm -hmm. up. So he's just got, like, bubbly, maybe lube water that he's just, like, like, half his arm is in. Um, And that's really fun for me. I like like picturing that. (laughs) I, I, that is fun. I I agree with you. That is is super fun. That. That's also a very good convention question, which is, Misha, the pot, was it mostly lube water, or did they just manage to show that one on camera? (laughs) But I I hope it was part lube. I really hope so. (laughs) Me too. Uh, That's what I said, though. I said that he needed, uh, Cass needed time to to lube up, to to lube up the vessel. I said it. You were right. You were so right. <laughs> oh, <was> so dumb. <laughs> and then we get to my favorite part of this entire episode. My one of my favorite moments, yeah, for sure. Because Sam and Dean are driving along and Anna just appears in the back seat and says, Hey guys. And just like Dean's yell and like swerving. Hey guys. Oh! Oh, Smooth. You know what I call it ahead? I like the element of surprise. It just it hit me right in the funny yeah, it hit me right in the funny bone. I just I don't know. It made me chuckle. Like I went back and watched it twice because it made me laugh so much. <laughs> well, and she teleports into the car like that. Like it's silent in there. Like the, I, I think I wrote down like like it's clearly the brooding man car at that point, and that's the mm-hmm. point of the day they're in. And so she just like teleports in the midst of their like grumpiness and just like hi guys and then it's great it's such a cast move as well you can see when their two characters kind of started to align because i know you you that anna was supposed to originally have Mm -hmm. cast a storyline but that he does that this happens a few times throughout the series of cast just like coming into their backseat in general him teleporting and surprising them is very fun it's very funny I like that he maybe learned it from Anna. Yeah. I think that's kind of sweet. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Dean looks back over to her, over to Anna and tells her that he she looks fantastic. Anna points out that it's not really the appropriate time to be 
like hitting on her but there you go well i the way dean said it it didn't actually sound like it he was hitting on her i thought it was maybe more of a reference to the fact that the last time he saw her she kind of exploded oh there is that too does he know she's a, wait 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 does she know he knows she's alive he didn't see her in on the head of a pin right no i don't think so I don't think so. He might have been told that that's who killed. Yeah, because Cass told him about Sam killing Alistair because he completely liked. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he mentioned Anna was too. I took. I I will be a fan about her. I took it as flirting too, just because of the look on Dean's face. He's like he does his. <laughs> I'm very pleased with myself. Mm-hmm. Smile when he. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. I, I think the yeah the very last time was yeah was the exploding time. Okay, never mind. <laughs> she looks over to Sam and says, "You know, you you seem different." Um, and Sam tries to play it off and being like, "Oh, it's the hair, right?" And and it's like, "Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your inside, Sam." I have issue with this <laughs> because she notices that something's off and like she can sense it, but it doesn't seem like Cass can. Or necessarily other angels can sense it in the same way. Um, And that's weird to me. I think it's at this point that Sam has consumed so much demon blood. That it's really noticeable? Yes. I guess, even though he's in withdrawal at this point. And also... Anna hasn't seen them, right, in person, presumably. Yeah, so it might be a really big shot with Cass as being like gradual, so he might not have seen it as drastically. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't believe Dean doesn't comment on it. Like, you think he would notice that his little brother looks like death. Right. (laughs) He looks bad. He's got like really, he looks really gaunt, like his uh, bags under his eyes. And um, also, the other angels have always referred to Sam as, oh, the boy with the demon blood. So I wonder if they just don't clock the levels that are going up or down. (laughs) I agree with you, though. I feel like there should have been a moment almost where Cass is like a double take at Sam or something. Yeah. But then... I guess there kind of is. Sam outs himself in this episode. It's a a blood freak. Uh, My precious little blood blood freak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like Cass already went through those stages of grief, um, maybe before he left them. So Anna is is there to tell them that Cass has been taken back home. Dean thinks that's a good thing because, you know, heaven's supposed to be good right um but anna actually tells him no it's actually very bad painfully awfully bad so we know as rewatchers that at this moment he's getting his mind wiped not exactly so because of what Cass says at the end of the episode he says um that he learned his lesson while he was away so he was clearly punished and told like not to do this kind of stuff and to follow orders like he clearly has memories of disobeying and then being told that he has to obey and being coerced right because he says he learned it's not it's not like he gets brainwashed and he forgets that he ever disobeyed in the first place which we see we see that later on in the show we're told that he gets brainwashed and completely mind wiped and he has no idea that he ever disobeyed but in this instance he clearly knows he disobeyed and that that was wrong and he gets tortured into obeying again it's, it's more of a re-education yeah i think mm. I, I think with Cass and this is how i've always read it with the stuff with naomi is that they started off on this level of like re-education for Cass, where maybe they didn't have to completely mind wipe him but over time they had to <laughs> up the yeah. up the levels mm. of of that we- because it wasn't working yeah. anymore well and also in this instance Cass's punishment isn't just for him it's for Dean right because we know part of the thing in this season is that the angels and 
maybe Chuck, who's to say, want Dean to like submit and like work with them and obey them. And that's part yeah. of like the thing at the end of the season and obviously going into season five. And so seeing like the consequences of what happens to an angel when they disobey and they don't they don't play mm. ball right like it's it's a warning to dean right uh, yeah mm. pretty much you know like step get step in line yeah. otherwise this is what's gonna happen and also to don't you. try yeah. and like convert like don't try and like get sympathy from other angels because this is what you're gonna because you're responsible now like this is what you've done yeah. to them i mean up until this point they were becoming almost friends right there's there's yeah. the, the level of trust that was being laid down there that gets kind of taken away at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean then informs Anna that Cass had something to tell him and it was something important, clearly hoping that Anna would know, but she doesn't know. Then she asks if Jimmy knows and they say that Dean says he doesn't think so. Yeah, and that they lost him and now they have to go find him. It's like, yeah, okay, that's what we're doing. Well, and, and this is the only scene she has in the episode. And I was thinking as I was watching it, like, she doesn't help Sam and Dean. Like, they already know they got to go get Jimmy. They already know that he's probably in danger. She doesn't help out with any of the demon stuff. Cause, probably because she needs to keep a low profile. But, like, she doesn't have, like, a purpose in terms of the plot as viewed by Sam and Dean. But she's got a purpose in the plot in terms of us, the viewer. But, like... She doesn't help them at all. <laughs> <laughs> all she does is confirm to them that, like, Cass is alive, right? Yeah. But they, they don't even seem that worried about it, right? Yeah, it's just weird. And uh, we cut to Jimmy and he's approaching the house on clearly a very cold day because there's snow on the ground. And he sees Claire through the work window and he's, she's working on her homework. And uh, we then see Amelia walk in. It then does a flashback and... It's Amelia and Jimmy, and they're talking about Jimmy taking medication. Jimmy's trying to explain to Amelia that, like, he's been chosen by an angel to do God's work. But he chose me. Castiel the angel. He's spoken to me now, Ames, a dozen times. Hey, you believe in God, don't you? And she says, yes, of course. And then, and angels. And, you know, we find out Jimmy's basically a salesman. Yeah. Which explains the coat. <laughs> yeah, it does. Want to buy some watches? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she says that you you sell radio ad time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would, why would the angels talk to you? <laughs> Just brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean... Which is not wrong. Given the, well, given the fact that it's wavelengths and waves can be sound and light. Yeah, that's cool. Is yeah. it? Is it that weird that they would go to a radio uh, guy? Angel radio. I don't know. Angel radio. Ex oh. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, each, each of these vessels has in their blood and also in their job description. Something. <laughs> and um, Jimmy says, well, no, it, does, it has nothing to do with that. I'm special. It's in my blood. Which, is this, is this the first time that vessels and blood has been mentioned the idea that they're genetically yeah well yeah it might be the first time i yeah. i thought this while i was watching it i do i think this is the first time that bloodlines get introduced in the idea of vessels and it's mentioned a lot in this episode yep. Um, yep. so they're clearly ramping up to revealing something something, something blood Wait, but not actually until the next season yeah exactly so they must have had that planned out and it, it really makes me think it like there's just have been a few hints that angels have said to dean about what's going to go down with the bloodline vessel 
plot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, isn't isn't there something in um it's a terrible life, like at the end when he meets with Zachariah, doesn't he say something like, It's in your blood? And he says like and you're gonna do all of the things that you need to do and then he like reiterates like all of it and I always thought that was a reference to Michael yeah. as well. But yeah. I-, I thought it was interesting that, that Jimmy's so fine with the fact that it's not actually about him and anything it's not about any of jimmy's own merit it's just about his genetics Mm -hmm. and he's cool with that wouldn't you want the reason an angel's talking to you be because of who you are as a person um instead of like your genetics it's also not uncommon in at least in my experience with with my upbringing like christian religious circles there is sort of an idea of like inherited religious destiny Mm -hmm. of a kind but it's like why it takes out all the agency or free will it's like (laughs) so what's special about you is just your genetics it's just your blood who you are doesn't actually matter that's isn't that (laughs) sad like aren't why aren't you upset about that (laughs) also isn't it castiel who's like the absolute paragon of free will Uh, and then we have jimmy his vessel who is like, sure, it's my destiny to be a vessel. <laughs> uh, and just the fact that he, you know, he's the one that was destined to be be that way and poor Cass. Except it is a moment of free will for Jimmy at the end of the episode. Yeah. Because, it, you know, for anyone that knows the show, obviously Cass gets this vessel back. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy says says yes the second time. Um, not because he's asked or because he needs to. It's it's a free will choice. But it's almost under duress, though. Well, no, because Cass's not trying to get him to say yes. I think he seems like he doesn't actually want to possess Jimmy again. It, it, that's my reading anyway. I, I don't know. Jimmy makes a sacrifice to become Cass's vessel again. And that is his own merit. That is Jimmy as a person right. protecting his daughter and being a good person as opposed to a blood thing, you know? Because it doesn't have to be Jimmy at that yeah. point. But he chooses to for it to be. It's him. like a, a meshing of him and Cass at that point because ultimately what Jimmy's doing is yeah. sacrificing himself for family and that's what Cass does mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the Winchesters too. Yeah. That's that's what the good free will people on the show do. Is they they love people and they try to take care of them. <laughs> that's what a good person yeah. does. Yeah, that's very true. Unlike Chuck, who's a bad person who <laughs> is obsessed with people, doesn't love them, obsessed with people, and tries to hurt them. Yeah, yeah. he's an un, an unfamily man. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Um, Amelia questions, "What does it mean to be in your blood?" Jimmy's like, oh, "He didn't say, it, but it's you know, God chose me for a higher purpose. This is why you have to be." careful with what you listen to people <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he's also he's also like it's not my place to question god and that makes me so upset it's like no it is you have to question faith and religion otherwise you get like duped or indoctrinated or brainwashed or it's like even on like a, a less severe level than like religious radicalization less severe than that could be like people that get like duped by like televangelists mm, yeah. for like to give you to give them all your money like you have to question these things otherwise like it's not gonna go exactly. well for you it, it, it doesn't yeah. it never goes well and it is really interesting in that where, where he says you know it's not my place to question he also says it's the most important thing that ha- ever happened to me and amelia question questions <laughs> that rightly so because she says you know i thought mm-hmm. we were the most important as in her family you know it's the the religious man that says 
no my my human family is not as important as my god which is just it feels wrong as yeah yeah I, I think I wrote in my notes that, like, he's so far gone at this point. Like, it's, there's not, like, once you're at that point where it's, like, you don't care, like, you don't care about your family anymore. Like, the faith and, like, the belief in, like, a religious destiny mm-hmm. is more important to you than your family. It's like, oh, man, that's, uh, that's really far gone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy's character development in this one episode alone. I know we're, we're getting pushed back a year behind for this kind of, <laughs> we're doing flashback development but still like going from this saying my my family is not as important as god and the mission of god to then like actually putting his family above everything and also more or less losing his faith like he he knows that god and angels exist uh, you know after becoming after getting possessed but like he doesn't have faith or like you know like it's like there's knowledge but like yeah like there's there's no personal element to the knowledge there's no yeah there's no faith there's just the knowledge that, that it's all real and that it sucks. Well, yeah. Which isn't that <laughs> endemic to the show. Well, he he is based, his look is based on John Constantine. And that is very yeah. much one of the lines that he says. I think it's one from the Keanu Reeves version of that. Um, when they ask if he has faith and he's like, well, the, there's a difference between faith and knowing. You, if you know this stuff and you know they're dicks, <laughs> then yeah. why should you have faith in them? Right. Yeah, there's no fun there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy says God will provide. Will he though? No. No, he will not. Amelia says, like, you're scaring mm-hmm. me, which, yeah, fair. Yes. Yeah. Th- there's faith and then there's, like, radical faith. And this is, this is, this is radical faith right now that Jimmy's on. And it's, I would argue, delusional mm-hmm. faith yes. in the sense of, like, this is not a rational way to approach life. Mm-hmm. Like, God will provide. Like, no, you need to, like, look out for yourself and, and other people. Like, you can't expect God to make sure you, you eat and never actually, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah work and or go shopping for groceries yourself right like it's not you you've got to well you've you've got to take control of your own life you've got to use some like agency like you can believe god's gonna help you but like you do have to like go and get your groceries (laughs) (laughs) you know as like a metaphor you do need to go and do the things like the basic like things for your life um then amelia threatens uh jimmy by saying if you don't take your pills i'm gonna take claire to my mother's in the morning and goes outside he puts on the trench coat coat, asks you know if you if i want to help you but i'm gonna lose my family talk to me what do you want from me and then he lights up yeah Cass's light is like Mm -hmm. above him it kind of almost looks like what you see with like like the alien invasion yes. or like a helicopter light like above but like way more beautiful like I'm not gonna lie all of like Cass's like light in this episode I think is really stunning mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree yeah and as he is praying to him I did notice as well because initially he has the suit and the tie and the trench coat on he almost it seems like he's nervous and he loosens his tie slightly like giving Cass that kind of slightly disheveled look that he keeps Mm -hmm. I love that detail so much I think isn't it when he once he says I thought it was what once he says yes then he loosens the tie oh yeah I think you're right but I could be wrong no I think you're right like like he it's so interesting to me of like is it so that Cass can fit better it's like making sure Cass doesn't like, you know, what if Cass is like a little bit too big for the tie? Like, was that the reason? Like, I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Like, I understand it's just like to explain why Cass always has like a messed up yeah. tie. 
but what's Jimmy's reasoning? Well, so the way that I see it, like in my mind, Grace is always going to be like just below the Adam's apple, right? So if that's where the tie yeah. is, maybe it's just uncomfortable to have it so tight where his Grace is. So he has to undo it so he can like breathe essentially. I love that. That's a great idea. Mm, Cass is expansive. <laughs> Do we see other angels? Yeah, we see other angels that have ties that are like a lot closer. And it's like, they're like it's like they're wearing like choke collars. It's yeah. like they're choking themselves because they don't, they're not free. It's like, Cass is like the version of like, like going braless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he like loosens the tie and he doesn't have to like be restrained mm-hmm, yeah. and, and proper. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I like, I like that a lot. Yeah, he's not on like heaven's leash. I love it. No, yes. <laughs> so um, Jimmy's obviously in communication with Cass and he says, yes, I understand. Promise my family will be okay and I'll do it. And then there's a pause and then he says, then yes. And then the, mm-hmm. the light sort of intensifies and once it dissipates, it's now, you can just see Misha's change in like posture. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Misha does such a great job in this episode. Like, Jimmy is so clearly not Cass in such a intense, like, obvious way of just, like, you don't see Cass. Mm, right. Like, Jimmy is so clearly a different person. And then now when he gets possessed, it's like, oh, there's Cass. There's my best friend Cass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, instantly, he does such a good job. Yeah. But I, it is interesting when he first, like, possesses Jimmy. It, it looks like Cass, but it's also, like, I the way I thought about it was like it's it's almost like when you get like a new like pair of shoes and you need and they're stiff and you need to break Mm -hmm. them in because he's in the the body but he's not like fully like using this his like facial muscles and everything like it's cast but like it looks like he's not fully like connected with the the body yet and we kind of see him you know like slowly move his head and stuff like that of like he's looks at his hand like really slowly and it's like he's he's like slowly connecting to this new mm-hmm. body yeah i, mean, I, I liked it it's, it's a very it's a very cast movement to look at his hands when he regains his vessel um he does it a yeah. lot during the seasons you you see every time he comes back he kind of almost checks out his hands first which it makes sense it's the kind of easiest part of your body to bring in front of your face and look at mm-hmm. um but here i just i love it because it's so he just looks so alien almost yes. like you said with the ufo mm-hmm. light and then the, the head tilt mm-hmm. um it's very expired <laughs> definitely <laughs> so as this is happening like as Cass is like adjusting to his body we see the front door open and claire walks out and she asks after him and Cass turns around very very confused and does the head tilt an extremely exaggerated head tilt compared compared to like Cass normally which yeah again is it's like his it's like his first head tilt at least in his body and it's yeah I like I like how it's in a more exaggerated version and once he gets more comfortable in his body he doesn't it doesn't have to be this like this stilted thing as much in in the HBO version of Supernatural (laughs) When when angels um, possess a vessel, it would be way more like body horror gruesome of like overextending limbs by accident yeah. and like. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I like body yeah. horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all, all all of the like dislocated shoulders, elbows, and arms. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like when you tilt when he tilted his head because he doesn't realize how far it can go. Just it going like way too far. Oh. Like an angelic version of like a 
a werewolf transformation kind of stuff of yeah. just like, the bones like shifting and cracking and yeah i think so and yeah just not knowing the limits of the vessel right so just massively mm-hmm. breaking it by yeah <laughs> and i don't know I, mean, I want i want that hbo supernatural god damn it <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um and then Cass writes his head and says i am not your father the devastation that he just caused by saying that. Yeah. I think that she cast trying to be nice. Like he doesn't, he's not, he's trying to not deceive her. He's like trying to let her know, like, no, you got the wrong person, like wrong yeah. phone number. <laughs> but of course it just comes across as very cruel. Ugh, it's really rough. She's just a kid oh, and no. it's just, yeah. it's her dad being like, I'm not your dad and I'm leaving. It's like, what? I'm gonna mess you up so much. And it explains a lot of like Clara's character when she comes back, just so much. Yep. So, okay, going back to time, is this moment, like him getting the body right this second, is he about to go confront Dean and Bobby in the barn? Yeah. In my mind, yes. I feel like this is just before the barn. (laughs) I disagree, though, because he's a lot more comfortable in the body and, like, a lot less weird and stiff than he is in that moment right after possessing Jimmy. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it was like... Jimmy Barn, but maybe not. Maybe he didn't fly there, so maybe he's getting kind of like, oh, I've got time. They're doing the, they're they're doing this spell that's not actually going to summon me. Like it's fine. They've got, I've got time to get to the barn. Yeah. I well, uh, like I said, with like the breaking in the shoes metaphor, you kind of need to like go on like a long walk to like get out all the stiffness. Yeah. I mean, my- <laughs> I think we talked about this in Lazarus Rising too. I, I saw a great fan theory that is my favourite because there's like a big banging and crashing before he walks into the barn. So it, <laughs> it would fit with the like, he's not quite used to his body. So he just kind of fell on the roof and like rolled off <laughs> and yeah. then came through the door because he wasn't quite used That's to flying crazy. in a vessel. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be amazing. Because we go from Pamela where he's definitely not got a vessel yet. And then how long well, is no. that between? We don't know that. Because I don't think he does. She's... Well, no, because she's talking to him, like, with, like, a seance. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's clearly just... They're not summoning the physical form or anything. Like, they're just, like, talking to, like, the psyche. Yeah. Um, and, and like, obviously his, like, true form, like, burns her eyes out. But, like, I don't think that the but the vessel would get in the way of that. I was just assumed he didn't have a vessel at that point. But, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. What it is, though, is it's evening in the barn when... <laughs> He, he encounters Dean and it's evening when he first possesses Jimmy. So it's either mm-hmm. the same night or a different night. So it's either like right away, like you said, or mm-hmm. at least another 24 hours. Yeah. We will mm-hmm. never know. It then uh, cuts to present day and Jimmy's at the door and Amelia answers and is obviously clearly shocked that he's at, yeah. you know, he's there. She says, we stopped looking for you. Ugh. It's really brutal. Worst. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They they then go into the house and they're in some sort of like sitting area and Amelia tells Claire to to go to her room. Jimmy wants to see see her and Amelia's like, No, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. It's almost been a year. Do you think Jimmy knows that Cass saying I'm not your father was the last thing that she heard from him? I think with the way they fade the the flashback into like Jimmy's face looking like really miserable i think i think we're meant to interpret it that way is like he he knows the last thing that last time his his daughter saw him and how terrible that was yeah like that's i think we're meant to interpret it that way brutal (laughs) yeah basically um 
and Jimmy continues to apologize. Heaven, hell, none of that matters. The only thing that's important to me is you and Claire. And it's a long monologue about how much faith in heaven and hell and angels don't matter, which is, which is, I don't know, appropriate. It is, it is a lot of what the show is about is how mm. all of that stuff is bullshit. <laughs> And also, do you think that through the process of being possessed by an angel, you kind of figure out that God isn't around? Because he is very absent fathery in their, you know, all the angels' dealings with each other. So if you have some level of awareness, you'd eventually realize that the orders don't seem to be coming from (laughs) who you might think they're coming from. I don't know, though, whether you'd get that much insight in being a vessel. Well... You could, it doesn't matter because as like a person of faith, you'd be like, you'd have that experience of being chained to a comet and how miserable that is. Mm. And then you'd be like, well, God doesn't care about me. He let this happen to me. His, at least his angels convinced me this was a good thing and not like a miserable thing. Like clearly if God exists, he is, does not have my best interests at heart. So screw that guy. Um, Yeah. Also true. Yeah. Very true. I want, I wonder if, um, jimmy does know something because the fact he says heaven and hell none of it matters like we know from dean that hell is an experience like (laughs) it's not it's not a pleasant place to be Mm -hmm. is there something in that that's like because i've said this many times on the show like they never establishes what gets you into heaven what gets you into hell so what is it that doesn't matter like is it not having faith doesn't matter or the actual physical locations like when you die it doesn't matter i always interpreted this line as like the fight doesn't matter but that's going on between them, <laughs> mm. them at this time but i think it is it is that like um danny was saying like it's just it's basically he's lost his faith by being a, a vessel to an and a literal angel like he knows now that it's all real and has realized that it's all bullshit and that actually he should just go back to his family (laughs) (laughs) i guess personal insight here is i'm chronically ill and so i spend a lot of time isolated and like stuck in my room and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and when that happens you end up you really end up missing people and like the people you love that you can't see because you can't get to them and so like after a year i mean we would all know this i guess because of of (laughs) pandemic but like (laughs) After a year of of not being able to see the people you love, it's like, well, what does matter anymore? Like, not my faith, not any of the stuff that mm-hmm. that kept me from my family. It's what matters is is people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And that, you're right. I think like everyone has that almost that insight now after being like. Yeah. Yeah. The the isolation that that people have had to go through, or and are still going through in some cases. Mm-hmm. Jimmy yeah. in the the past is is not sympathetic in that he's is kind of delusional and he's clearly abandoning his family. He cares, but like he also clearly doesn't value them as much as his faith. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy mm-hmm. in the present is the most sympathetic, and he your heart just like <laughs> bleeds for him. And <laughs> yeah, it's this weird contrast. But yeah, like like you were saying, it's um a big like character arc all in one episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely Amelia doesn't agree right away for him to come home so he's like okay well if we just do something smaller like dinner it then cuts to Sam and Dean and they're at a gas station and Sam is on like has separated himself is on the phone with Ruby 
clearly very panicked. Fortunately, I've never been addicted to anything and I've never had to be in this situation. So I don't know what Sam is going through in this, but it is very much like a typical conversation with a dealer in terms of like being shown on TV. Mm, like yeah. a, a well, TV interpretation of a drug addict. Well, and the issue for him is that he's not actually on the phone with Ruby. He's like leaving her a voicemail because he can't right. get a hold of her and he can't get a hold of, you know his his drug i have prescription medication that i get withdrawal from like like every day because i i don't know like i'm supposed to take it every day but it like wears off within like 21 hours so i always have like a few hours of withdrawal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i get like these these body shocks and it's okay i can handle it but i imagine like take my withdrawal from like prescription meds and then like add like the supernatural element of demon blood yeah right. something that your body isn't actually meant to like it isn't designed for like you know drugs being designed to actually like help you um versus oh, demon blood just being yeah like chuck's like bespoke torture for for sam that sounds probably a really bad withdrawal that sounds like it would really suck oh yeah (laughs) so okay i have a question is his withdrawal just being like turning back like being more human again we see with when he has the demon powers like he's overly confident he's overly strong he's just like he's just much more sam or not much more sam but just he's voided up much more yeah Yeah. so do you think he's starting to feel like a human again and that's like a feeling he doesn't like anymore like he's he's weak again i say weak that sam and dean have never been weak because they've been able to defeat all these things Mm -hmm. yeah well you'll we find out in the next episode how bad the withdrawal is with because the next episode yeah that's true he's locked up in the panic room and he can't he can't get yeah any blood and he ends up having a full-on like seizure from from the withdrawal which yeah can happen to people from this is interesting in terms of uh dean is you can actually very rarely people go cold turkey Mm -hmm. like alcoholics trying to like go cold turkey off of alcohol alcohol they can um they can yeah they can have like seizures and things and those people have actually died from going mm-hmm. cold turkey off, right. of, off of it and that's just alcohol yeah <laughs> um, versus yeah anything more anything stronger or actual supernatural demon blood um but i imagine it's very miserable i imagine it's not just feeling right. like less powerful because we, we see that it's physically painful and dangerous in the next episode um well, yeah. It's, it's not just that, it affects his mind because um, yes. we, we know that um, obviously the demon blood gives him like psychic powers. I would assume that in some way it's altering his like brain chemistry to allow him to do that from a scientist point of view. I guess we'd have to. Maybe like switching on more neurons or something, I don't know. In the next episode he also hallucinates yeah and withdrawal so yeah clearly messing with perception so all that kind of stuff if it's, it's affecting his body chemistry then to to have this withdrawal he would just feel like absolute crap and ruby yeah. is the like this is the thing the manipulation because basically what she's done is like she's got him hooked on this stuff and then he's trying to get hold of her and she's just uncontactable but she would know that he would be like Needing I think it's intentional. More. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think it's part of the the grand plan. Mm-hmm. I think because we know later on, in like the last like two episodes, we know the part of the grand plan is to get to separate Sam and Dean, like not just physically but like emotionally, and have yeah. like, have mm-hmm. them have a huge mm-hmm. falling out. And the easiest way for that to happen is for 
Dean to actually learn about the demon blood. Um, right. And maybe see, for instance, like we do in this episode, see, like, Sam succumb mm-hmm. and drink straight from a demon. Uh, so it works. We've already said, like, <laughs> he went outside out of, like, shame. We should not do, yeah. do that in the same room as Dean. So it, the, the withdrawal had to be bad for him to do what he does in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So then it cuts back to Jimmy's house and uh, they're having sandwiches for for dinner. Jimmy just takes a sandwich and Clara asks, you know, so you're not you're not going to say grace. And Jimmy's like, no, I don't think I am. And I was just the way he says that is just so sad. He he almost cries when he says it. Um, He does start crying because Clara asks why he's crying. And he says, because I'm happy. Oh, and it's it's this moment of... We, we, so Cass, in season 15, he has this, this sort of speech he has where he talks about how he lost his faith and, and, and his, like, purpose, and then he found it again in becoming a father. And I think maybe that's kind of what it is here, is, like, Jimmy has lost his faith, but now his new faith is, is being a dad, is being a husband, and mm. it's all very intense. <laughs> yes because you, you you get the, i feel like you get the palpable feeling that he's figured it out too late like you know something's yeah. coming for him right so it's like oh yeah you're having this revelation that your family's most important but oh maybe maybe you should have figured it out a little while ago yeah yeah definitely um the doorbell rings and um amelia goes to answer the door and it's their neighbor um who's asking about jimmy because he was like i I swear, I just saw your husband walk in. Jimmy then comes over and like says hello. The neighbor's name is Roger. He asks, "Where, where the hell have you been?" Subtle hint there <laughs> as to what's coming up. I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I really assumed that Amelia was having an affair with Roger. Right? <laughs> me too. <laughs> I think it's maybe just because we're so used to that trope. Like, right. We see, we can see that in season eight with like. Like Sam's the other the other guy. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, wait, is that also Amelia? <laughs> also an Amelia. Also an Amelia. She, yeah, Sam's dating Amelia, and her her she thinks her husband is dead, but he yeah. comes back, and and yeah, his wife's with another guy, um, who's Sam. Yeah. 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 It's totally a thing. So, um, Jimmy and Roger are speaking in private, and um, again, he says you scared the hell out out of a lot of people hint hint and rogers continues to interrogate so no really what happened and jimmy's like honestly the worst year of my life you wouldn't believe a word of it even um but it's all okay i swear and roger says actually no it isn't and his eyes turn black because he is a demon oh no and i mean roger threatens his daughter which rude <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill your family in front of you or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's gross. Yeah. His eyes then turn back to normal when Amelia comes back in within the room. Which is just like, it's the, he's just toying with him and it's just, it's so cruel. Roger turns around to get the beer. Jimmy grabs like a candlestick and bops him over the head. And obviously Amelia is shocked because it's their neighbor and he's like beating the crap out of this guy. Yeah, he's like bashing his head in. With, like <laughs> like shouting yeah. that he's a demon as well. Like he's a demon. And he just come <laughs> back from his year long apparent stay on a site, you know, whatever. Because of religious delusions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it doesn't look yeah. Good. Yeah. And it's, exactly. it's, it's just that the, the demon's just toying with him. Like yeah. 
it's like yeah. he clearly wanted this like scenario of of Jimmy looking crazy again. Like, man, exactly. sucks to be Jimmy. <laughs> oh, big time. <laughs> um, and they tell him to run, and uh, it then cuts to an ad break. So. I mean, Jimmy manages to incapacitate Roger and he runs his family into the utility room that they have. And he grabs salt and like puts on a salt line in front of the door. So he knows some things. Yeah, right? <laughs> he just learned about demons. He definitely knows about demons. I feel like Cass would share that information with him though, just in case he ever needed it. Like obviously Amelia and Claire are freaking out because he seems absolutely like he's- Unstable. Yeah. 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 Dangerous. Eventually, like, Amelia, like, grabs him and struggles with him, and Claire runs out, so he goes after her. Amelia's trying to protect Claire from Jimmy at this point, which is... Which is very fair. But then when Jimmy comes in, uh, Roger has Claire and has a knife against her throat, and his eyes turn black again, so... Amelia is immediately like, oh, (laughs) demons. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they have a back and forth, Jimmy's asking to let her go... And um, Roger says, now, me, I would, but the missus, she has other ideas. And we see his wife, presumably Roger's wife, who's also a demon, uh, run in and and grab Jimmy and, like, throw him to the ground. My question. Yeah. When were they possessed? I think from the moment that Jimmy disappeared, demons have been watching his old house. How would they know that he was a vessel? I mean, a lot of people disappear. It, it, they would they would only know once like Cass gets on the scene and they see they they would have to like backtrack and be like okay so where did where did this angel like get this guy I don't know it would imply that they're camping out everyone who's a vessel's like life like if that was true <laughs> like if if they had been there from the beginning when Cass possessed Jimmy yeah. then I presumably demons would be doing this to all the vessels but I don't know if that's just too much manpower <laughs> well and and they want to like capture jimmy i don't know we don't we don't know why like sam implies that it's like to figure out why like what makes a person a vessel but if they had if they already knew where all the vessels were they could have already like dissected someone yeah but maybe it's just like they just want to kill him maybe that it's which that actually tracks with the demon that shoots jimmy later in this episode it actually has nothing to do with with kidnapping and like trying to find out information and just it's just killing it's just to kill a potential vessel for an angel and and reduce like the number of angels that can be on earth yeah because the, do mm. the demons know about the bloodline thing they must do right well certainly the higher ups do like you know yeah, yeah. yellow eyes did obviously <laughs> if they come if they came and killed jimmy and claire then they're basically depriving Cass of a vessel for ever well, mm-hmm. a, a potential vessel, right? The, the, um, the, like, perfect vessel. Like, he wouldn't be as yeah. Cass in another, another <laughs> vessel. Um, or yeah. it would decay over time, like we see Nick do. Right? Well, we don't, we don't know. We're, we're never given any indication that, that there's, like, a perfect vessel for, like, non-archangels. I don't know, though, because if Cass... Or- I agree with you that, that Jimmy is the perfect vessel for Cass, but that's that's... That's not canon. That's just like, <laughs> but my, the fact oh. that it seems to go really well for him. <laughs> my, yeah, my assumption was from like the bloodline conversation they had with him that like, uh, this is this is I, I realize as I'm saying it, it doesn't quite work out. That almost like every angel has per, like perfect vessels that they can inhabit, and they have they track down the 
like genetic bloodline thing. And maybe you're right, if they're like weaker angels, they're able to possess other vessels, but maybe not for as long. We've seen that because in season nine, after all the angels fall, they they start like going around and like exploding people right yeah well they go into different vessels and some of them can't contain them and so those people explode and then they try out someone else yeah um which means that if if every angel had their own like bespoke vessel they would know who that was and where to find them and everything but Uh. the fact that they can use other vessels and that there's like maybe vessels and stuff like that I think there's just a pool. I think there's like a <laughs> a bloodline pool. It, <laughs> yeah. With, with the with the shoe metaphor, it's like going to the to like the the bowling alley, and they've got like a like you know they've got their like wall of shoes, and that's how many people can wear shoes at the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. No, I think I think that's close. Oh yeah, I think that's closer to the truth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. You're right. Then I think the demons are just being dicks too. Because you're right, if they kill off a load of vessels, then it just makes it harder for the angels and they'll end up exploding a load of people. I do I do agree that, like, I do think that, that, that Misha's the... Excuse me, Misha, wow, that's... Freudian. <laughs> uh, that Jimmy is the perfect vessel, but I think that... I think that's partially because the vessel seems to go through a lot and seems to survive a lot. Um, yeah. But... I, it's not sad, right? Like that's that's Fanon. Yeah, I, I believe it, but it is Fanon. <laughs> As with a lot of things in Super Natural, to be yeah. fair, because we never get answers, so no we have answers. to make up. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we see this whole fight go down. So Amelia intercepts uh, Roger's wife, and then Dean appears and and cuts Roger's throat with Ruby's knife. Um, yeah, so he's dead. He's he's dead. Both dead. of them, and yeah, which is like super harsh. I mean, they 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 care less and less as as it goes on. Well, and the only real way they have like exorcisms are really like take too long and really dangerous. You can easily get killed yeah. while you're doing an exorcism. The only real way to like save the vessel would be to maybe use Sam's powers. Mm-hmm. But because of plot reasons, his powers are evil, even though he can save more people that way. <laughs> right. Dean's very against him, considering how many people Sam has been saving with them. But in this case, he tries to exercise Roger's wife and just can't, he can't do it. She And, and the wife, the, the demon wife, um, <laughs> uh, predictably makes a comment that's like, oh, you can't get it up. Yeah. To Sam. Yeah. yeah. Classic stuff. Classic Carver. I think we've already had this joke this season. I feel like we did about Sam's powers, but... Every time. is every time. So Dean does approach uh, Roger's wife, but before he can stab her, she smokes out and um, they all grab and like each other and run to the Impala. Amelia was actually like, ran out like a little bit before the rest yes. of them. And then we see her like, join up with him at the Impala and she's got like some gear like to throw into the car yeah. but yeah she she separated she did unfortunately yeah. she separated mm-hmm. from the herd <laughs> never separate no especially on horror movies like and this is just yeah. one big horror oh, yeah. movie let's be honest <laughs> so they drive to some kind of like parking place like um, it looks yeah, like a parking under, garage yeah, yeah somewhere you were right Sorry, we were. But I'm telling you, I don't know anything. 
I don't think they're inclined to believe you. And even if they did, you're a vessel. They're still gonna want to know what makes you tick. Which means vivisection, if they're feeling generous. I'm gonna tell you once again, you're putting your family in danger. You have to come with us. Dean says that he's sorry we were right, but it's like, no, Dean, you weren't right. Sam was right. <laughs> Sam was true. right that, that, that you needed to keep Jimmy away from his family. Dean, you were wrong. <laughs> Take that credit. We, we're a unit, so if one of us is right, both of us is right. So we're never wrong. <laughs> right, exactly. And if one of us is wrong, it's just that one that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Sam that's wrong because he's a little brawler, right? Like, <laughs> right. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, you know, you're putting your family in danger, you have to come with us. And again, Jimmy asks, as he did at the beginning, how long? And don't give me that cross that bridge and we get to it crap. Um, and Sam says, don't you get it forever? Like, they're never going to stop hunting you, essentially, either. He's really harsh. He's he brutal. Yeah, he says, either you get as far away from them as possible or you put a bullet in your head. That's how you keep your family safe. And even Dean's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, he also says you can never be with your family. Isn't that like the the motto of like the Winchester family and with John Winchester and Mary Winchester, you can never you can never be with your family. You can never go home. Like, I don't know. These are all the same themes. Mm -hmm. Like all this Mm -hmm. is a microcosm of the entire show, which I, I enjoy. And, and Sam has been more and more John this season than ever before. So, you know, the, the, him reiterating that is just the cherry on top, really. Oh, yeah, he does say that. He says there's no getting out and there's no going home. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. that's the show. <laughs> that, that, welcome to Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jimmy goes to Amelia and Claire and they have this really sweet moment, which is such a shame because Amelia's definitely possessed him. <laughs> Yeah, we learn later that she's possessed here. And I take issue with this scene because she's, like, carrying on, like, the previous conversations. And she's like, you know, I I was wrong. I'm sorry. You know, didn't believe you. And it's Mm -hmm. all the stuff that's, like, exactly what the actual Amelia would say. And it's, it's like, based off of previous conversations. And it's, it's... it's like this demon's bare, been in Amelia's head for like whatever half yeah. an hour. Like she shouldn't mm. know to be how to be this convincing. It's it's the writers trying to have like give us like the cake and eat it too. Of like we get to have the scene of of Amelia acknowledging that that Jimmy was right, mm-hmm. but then also she's possessed and it doesn't work. Like I, I know what you're trying to do, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and they talk about how. You know, she's going to take Claire and, and go to their friends as fast as possible and without him. And she says, for how long? So echoing something that Jimmy's... It sounds like it's like a refrain that's been in their relationship previously. Because yeah, they're yeah. both sort of echoing each other on that. Like, it, it's something that they have said to each other in this a previous life, you know. Jimmy actually says what Sam said to him in the first place, which was, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. This has been, again, so much in this season. I think Dean's one that he keeps saying to people is they're in a better place after Tessa specifically said to him they're not. (laughs) 
<laughs> he said that twice now in this season after after meeting Tessa. The the literal apocalypse is being started. Like, of course you're lying to people and telling them yeah. that things are better than they are. Like, what's the alternative? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you can go to your fr- our friend's house, but the apocalypse is happening in, like, a week, so... <laughs> well, Good luck with I, that. Yeah. I also think it's crazy to think that they'll be safe just by yeah. going to, like, a friend's house. Like, the demons know they can get to Jimmy by his family. Then they all need to go into, like, cosmic witness protection or they're doomed like there's not jimmy leaving them is actually not going to fix it but they all need to hide they all should just go to bobby's house just go to bobby's house it's fine just hide out there just go and find their own bunker yeah (laughs) yeah he's raising a child and like underground in no light is is healthy it would have been good to actually (laughs) fill the bunker with supernatural witness protection like that i I could that could have been an actual storyline at some point that i wouldn't have been mad at that's like ever so slightly like you could that's kind of the case in season 14 with all the people like the refugees from from the other world world. yeah Yeah. it's not witness protection but it is refugees so i guess there's that (laughs) they kind of did it um they half-assed it (laughs) yeah yeah so like jimmy explains them that you know the demons are going to kill them if they don't go and when we see like sam hot wiring a car for them jimmy says bye to claire just says take care of your mom okay um, and then just he kind of walks past Amelia like they've already said their goodbyes. Uh, he doesn't yeah. want to say goodbye to her again. Um, and as they all get in, Claire asks Amelia, like, why is he leaving again? And she turns to her and slaps her around the face. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. Amelia's eyes turn black um, and says, just because it's, because it's just not my day, is it? Um, and, yeah. and she also, like, calls Claire a bitch. Like, it's very nasty. It's very traumatizing. Yeah, this is why Claire hates all the supernatural things because her her mum was possessed by a demon and her dad was possessed by an angel. Like, it just didn't work out for her too well. So in the Impala, Dean's driving, Jimmy's asleep and Dean's questioning Sam about what happened with the demon. You know, he didn't manage to exercise it. You practically fainted trying to gank a demon. Okay, I didn't faint. I got a little dizzy. What you can call it whatever you want. Point is, you used to be strong enough to kill Alistair. Now you can't even kill a stunt demon number three? What do you want me to say about it, Dean? Well, for starters, what's going on with your mojo? I mean, it's yo-yoing all over the place. To be fair to Sam here, if if we're going by, like... So if, like, telekinesis powers were, like, a thing in real life... Like, like in real life, some days you're stronger and, like, have more, like, stamina and energy... And some days you don't have as much because you didn't sleep as well, or mm-hmm. you haven't eaten in a while, or whatever. The idea that his powers would ebb and flow some, yeah, would work like it based on like how real life a like physical abilities work. But yeah, to this degree, this is, is kind of, he has to be like really sick or something for like to suck <laughs> right. this bad um, without what we actually know, which is. He he could have completely played this off though. Like he could have said like, oh, you know, I must have used up all my juice taking out Alistair. Maybe I need to like recharge or something. Like there is an excuse here that he could have used because Dean doesn't know how his psychic powers work. Just makes make stuff up, man. Yeah. <laughs> he should have just said he's sick. Because <laughs> you look sick. I have a food poisoning from those burgers that we ate that had no sauce yeah. in. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sam is rightly like, well, why are you even asking me about this? It, it's kind of like... You know, why you haven't really cared before about my psychic powers. Why do you care now? Mm. Um, 
And Dean says, well, you know, it's what's going on with your mojo. It's yo-yoing all over the place. I'm not trying to pick a fight here. You're just scaring me, man. Dean is worried in case he is actually sick, I presume, or something's yeah. happening psychically. <laughs> I, I was thinking this is one of Dean's more, like, diplomatic talks with with Sam about his powers. Like, this is, mm. this is easily, like, the nicest he, and, like, gentlest he is about it. Because he, yeah. he is just like, I'm worried yeah. about you. He's he is he's like I'm not trying to pick a fight. That's a rare one. Like right. you know, he's kind of yeah. trying to pick a fight about p- powers with with Sam. But this is like the one time he's kind of like nice about it. And of course, it's the time that it's that ends up being like all oh, the worst. Yeah, which yeah, which is always like Chuck like reinforcing to Dean like no, you shouldn't like be nice. Yes, you should be aggressive. It's like just. Go away, Chuck. You just ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because this, you know, it seems like maybe this isn't such a big deal, and it, it totally, totally, totally is. So, I mean, Sam says I'm scaring myself as well. So, obviously, he's also Aww. concerned. Like, I guess that that phone call to to Ruby, like the way he was desperately asking for demon blood. Sam's never been that reliant on anybody. Like they've always, like both Sam and Dean have always been able to like fend for themselves, and suddenly. Yeah you know sam can't do anything without demon blood and that is probably terrifying and it's like you said the the quote from the monster at the end of this book he's like i wish to god i could stop like Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) sam sam needs help and he he you know he's he's a smart boy he knows himself quite well as well he he would he would start to recognize that he's deep in some addiction rather than just yeah. using this for psychic powers. Like I'm sure, I'm sure Sam's self-aware enough to know that he's maybe in a bit of denial about it, but he knows. And of course, he's interrupted by a ringing cell phone. The thing is, with the line like "I'm scaring myself," I thought he was close to admitting something to Dean then, and then the phone rings, and it's like, "Ah, oh, man, <laughs> so close, but yeah, so far." <laughs> he gives the phone to Jimmy, and um, because he says, "Hey, it's your wife." And when Jimmy takes it, he's like, oh, my God. I guess they did a 180 or they did something because they're now at a warehouse, which is different to the warehouse at the beginning. So they they all arrive and um, Jimmy's been expected to turn up alone. Dean's got a plan. (laughs) I don't know what that plan was, but his plan is to catwalk. Wait, no, it's, it's to go on catwalks. It's to use the, the catwalks to, like, sneak up. But I like picturing the fact that... I like picturing them catwalking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Zoolander style. Yeah, yeah that's the exactly. image that... <laughs> to mind. Yeah. Also, Sam's looking really bad at this point. Yes. Yeah. So this was this is one of the moments that I really appreciate Jared. Because as he, he literally stumbles out of the car... Like, he yeah. can't even hold himself up. He's that weak right now. Dean tells Jimmy to stay calm, which obviously he's not going to be able to do. You want me to stay calm? This is my family we're talking about. Listen to me. This will work. You understand? Nobody's going to get hurt. Yeah, whatever. Can you imagine if someone told Dean to calm down? <laughs> With Sam inside? <laughs> like... He'd be vibrating like anything. So Jimmy walks into or walks towards the building. This is little line between Sam and Dean just before we get into the warehouse. There's no way they're expecting him to come alone, Dean. You know, this is probably a trap. Yeah, I know. That's why I have a plan. We've already said that there's a plan. Is there a second plan? I think there's a second plan. No, no, hear me out. (laughs) I think there's a second plan. I think they've told Jimmy that they were going to be, like, silently giving him backup. I think 
they were always planning to get captured and they were going to try and do a Winchester bluff and it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe it didn't work because Sam can't stand up. Yeah, but I think the point that it doesn't work, I'm skipping ahead, I'm sorry, but like when Jimmy gets shot, they just realise, oh crap, the second plan didn't work. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. yeah. I I do think that there was a second plan. So um, Jimmy is alone and he calls out or prays out to Castiel. Castiel, you son of a bitch! You promised me my family would be okay. You promised you were going to take care of them. I gave you everything you asked me to give. I gave you more. This is the thanks I get. This is what you do. Your heaven, help me, please. You promised, Cass. This is why I think you're right about people calling Cass Cass when they're trying to convince him to do stuff because he starts with the honorific to get his attention. He's like, Castiel. But then at the end, he's pleading with him. So he's using the shortened version of his name, like more familiar. And this bit is just, it's so heartbreaking and it's so well acted and and Misha just kills it. And it's it's just, he's so desperate and he's so angry and he's so, yeah, pleading and ugh. It, the scene gets to me and like this is what i was saying at the beginning like they just they didn't they didn't use misha as well as they could have Mm-mm. like they did not there was there was such potential here for like so much and some reason even being a series regular just wasn't we just we didn't get enough casts <laughs> never enough casts and because nobody answers you know he gives up and goes go walks yeah. into the warehouse where he's confronted with Amelia who stood next to Claire who's tied to a chair and, and is unconscious yeah like did did Claire just like go unconscious because Cass is talking to her and like the demon's too dumb to realize that no this child is not sleeping or did the demon do something to Claire to knock her out like Claire's just like unconscious for like a lot of the fight it's a little bit weird if she's gonna be unconscious they should have at least shown the point at which she's possessed right yeah i mean they're trying to surprise us but yeah it is a bit jarring Mm, i agree especially since like every time on screen when Cass has tried to talk to somebody things explode also both times jimmy is possessed by Cass, and also like any other time we see an angel angel possessing someone we see the light we see the person like glow and everything this time Cass is like sneaky about it and there's like no sign of Claire getting possessed which either implies that angels can always do this and they're just like drama too sloppy <laughs> or dramatic, and they're trying to make like a big deal of it like yes notice my glory or more likely it's just a terrible a continuity error <laughs> I, I think that's the case I mean they even could have shown the light suddenly off screen and like you know during the fight everyone's yeah. suddenly blinded but I think there are actually it would have worked better if they had done it rather than if they didn't but fine whatever so Amelia is clearly possessed here obviously and she says hi honey you're home <laughs> Oh, um, and Jimmy pleads with Amelia. Um, he says, you know, do whatever you want with me. My wife, my daughter, they're just, you know, they're not part of this. Amelia says, actually, they're a big part of this and you should have come alone. And Jimmy says, I am alone. Uh, she says, like, um, do you think I wouldn't think that you brought Heckle and Jekyll with you? <laughs> Which is yeah. great. I love that's how she refers to Sam and Dean. It's really good. I I, I need, I wish more Deans had, had done that. What references that? that? I I just assumed that Jekyll and Hyde in a weird place, but like like in a weird way of saying it, is Heckle and Jekyll a thing? I might. I don't maybe. know. I yeah. I assumed it was like weird, like phrase that like was born out of like. Well, it's fun to rhyme with Jekyll. Yeah. And Heckle does, and 
heckling is also oh. fun. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's actually a cartoon. Oh, okay. Okay. It's two oh. birds, two magpies. Yeah, I can see that. They like shiny things. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> as she says this, Sam and Dean are dragged in by three demons. Nice plan, Dean. Yeah, well, nobody bats a thousand. Oh, so this is a good moment to, to point out that Dean is like kind of apathetic this entire episode like oh, yeah. obviously he cares a bit about jimmy getting home and he cares, he's worried about sam but he's also kind of a little bit dead inside this entire entire episode which mm-hmm. is really yeah. good leading into this is like actually a plot point and important for like what happens at the end of the next episode in terms of dean sort of like giving up yeah i probably would say like ever since on the head of a pin or i guess maybe the end of uh, Death takes a holiday where they lose Pamela and he gets Dean's been like a downward spiral of yeah. just like giving up and losing hope yeah. and Dean's just kind of he doesn't try as hard in this episode and he, and he definitely doesn't seem to care as much yeah. well, he, he even admits it oh yeah at the end of the episode he just he just says that he doesn't care anymore I think or something yeah mm-hmm. I mean yeah, yeah you're totally right I think he, the, the wedge between Sam and Dean is firmly been put there I, I think it started in sex and violence like mostly you're right there's been beats in this season where you can just see him go like down and down and down and like really doesn't care anymore even his reaction to Sam at the end of this episode is like resignation at this point mm. yeah there's no big like it's yeah you would think there would be more because they're trying to save their friend Cass and then I forget it's like not really their friend Cass and it's sad times (laughs) well it's also like I mean this is a phrase they use a lot in the show of like above their pay grade like how are they supposed to save Cass this is something that's more plausible down the line in the show but Mm -hmm. like they barely know anything about angels and also this is the most powerful angels I ever ever are in the show and so far it's also not like a a, like a way for them to get into heaven like they they do get into heaven season five and there's also like yeah people they can send into heaven to maybe check on there's there's like options down the line but Mm -hmm. right now it's like there's, there's no there's no way to save Cass. They've got, got no power here. Which is maybe part of why Dean's depressed. I mean, yeah, they're kind of are just going along with the flow of events here, right? They're, like, trying to save Jimmy. Jimmy's wife got demon-possessed, so they're trying to help with that now. They're not really running this narrative. Duck tape yeah. over whatever, like, hole pops up. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, like, whatever springs a leak. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They... Amelia asks about the knife and another demon holds it up and Amelia says you know what's funny and Dean's response of like you're wearing a soccer mom and she she goes on to explain that you know she was kind of bummed that she was picking up an empty vessel you know sort of treating it like going to the store um and now she's actually in in contact I guess Mm -hmm. with uh Sam and Dean she taunts him about his powers Sam's powers you know, now that they're not working and she turns around and shoots Jimmy in the stomach. Which is surprising. I don't it's know. It's weird that she uses a gun. Like, she just puts yeah. a gun out of nowhere and I don't know, it's like, you're a demon. Like, why are you using a gun? Like, be cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just shocking. I was, I was, I think that's probably why. Like, we were, I was expecting her to shoot him, so, oh, okay. Oh, no, she shot him. <laughs> when she first pointed at Sam and Dean oh yeah you're right shoot them Mm. yeah yeah the the thing is why am i surprised that is a trope as well of like 
pointing a gun at someone and then shooting someone else in the room. Like that happens so much in TV, so much. <laughs> and this is the really dumb thing. So she she turns and she shoots Jimmy, and then she like says to one of her demon minions, like, "Go kill the girl, like Claire. You have a gun. You can <laughs> shoot Claire." Does she only have one bullet? Like, what is this? Why can't you just go and shoot the girl? And also, I'm pretty sure there's a continuity error where Claire was next to her when they come into the room. And then now that she's telling the demon to go kill Claire, she's on the other side of the room. And the guy, like, slowly walks over to her. It's like everyone moved further away from the chair. It's like she walked forward, I think. Uh, That's implied, but I don't think you see it cut and then they're arranged differently. (laughs) (laughs) So the demon goes over towards Claire and then as the the demon picks up a pipe, again, for reasons. Yeah, there's a gun in the room. Do you only have a bullet? (laughs) I'm once again asking about how many bullets you have. (laughs) Exactly. It's a whole cult situation. Also, they've got the knife. They've got the, the demon knife. Like, why are you using a pipe? This demon, maybe he's really into pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Just bad, dude. Um, and as he swings, uh, Claire stops the pipe and um, puts her hand on his forehead and smites him, yes. He is smoted. By the way, her hands... Um, like teleport through the the rope um, to like smite him i noticed it was a continuity error of like she's like absolutely tied up like her hands are restrained and then suddenly they're they're not and yeah they didn't edit it in the right order they 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 show Cass in claire like like dissolving the ropes like after like he smites the demon she i see the shot where her arms are restrained before that and yeah i'm just he, he teleports her arms. She just grows another set. Yeah. <laughs> um, a biblically accurate Claire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. With the distraction, Sam and Dean start to fight with the other demons that are around. Oh, wait. Oh, this is... Sorry, this is another dumb thing. So with the, the demons slowly walking over to kill Claire, like, Sam and Dean are behind, and they're, like, restrained, except... The big demon was the guy restraining Sam, and he walks away. And so now there's like a much smaller woman that's like lightly holding onto Sam's hand, and like both <laughs> of them are struggling. Neither of them like call out and like say like stop, don't hurt the girl, like try to bargain or anything. Like they just watch helplessly as this yeah. giant demon is mm-hmm. about to kill this child, and Sam, even sick Sam, he's like twice the size of this like woman who's like not even like got like a knife to his throat or anything like he could easily get away from her it's like really badly really bad like blocking and like it's it's really embarrassing they just do nothing you're you're so right because when i watched this they were so not doing anything that i thought they were in on cast possessing claire yeah like that's Mm. how it reads it reads as they're like waiting for something to happen they don't even like try like try and get the guy to stop. They don't even yell at him or anything. Like it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> no, you're so right. I do wonder if there is like a deleted scene here because yeah. like it it does feel very weird that they would just not they they wouldn't do anything to save a child. Yep. <laughs> it's like oh wow that guy's got a pipe. Like I guess we guess we lost this one. <laughs> they would normally at least like insult the guy. Of, yeah. Like, right. 
But anyway, Cass is free. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cass is now possessing Claire. Sam and Dean continue fighting the demons. Uh, Sam manages to get the knife, holds her down from the demon who had the knife, and cuts her throat and starts to like drink her Uh-oh. blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can't, we see like this moment where he can't resist because he's in such bad withdrawal. And yeah, he just like full on vampire like, goes at her throat and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. drinks her blood. And uh, we then cut to Dean who's having trouble with his demon until Claire Cass turns up um, and smites that demon. It then show like it then shows Sam drinking the blood and he does he use the psychic powers on her? Well first we see a shot of of Cass and Dean like noticing and the, like like Sam's like bloody like mouth like he like turns around and he like looks at them and it's very obvious that the cat's out of the bag and then he like turns around and he like stabs the demon he was drinking out of and then turns and then with a demon knife and then he turns around and he exercises like he telepathically like exercises the demon out of Amelia which is great like he Amelia gets gets to live but the yeah. other chick doesn't get to live he's he was obviously taking out his anger on her um, right yeah it's like you made me expose myself yeah yeah because like him stabbing her in the chest was really visceral like he it was, was fully like angry about it and he is a sloppy eater because he has oh, yeah. so much blood on his face. Like, it's so much. But I'm guessing that comes from the desperation of him to get it. Like, he doesn't... It, well, he wasn't thinking about being tidy. So, so with vampires, they have their teeth. They can sort of sink in and, like, find purchase. Mm. <laughs> Versus with, like, a regular human, it might be diff- more difficult to maintain um, a grip. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I assumed that he'd like he'd like cut cut her already so she was bleeding so he could have just oh, yeah but he's like trying this. to he like could have just suck. licked it yeah he could have just licked it and not like, got it all around his face that's true we know he's more than willing to lick blood off of the skin yeah he did that earlier in this episode uh but yeah it's really it's really messy I mean Sam is messy yeah look it's like yeah. proper the like shot of like blood freak Sam yeah it, yeah I love it. It's it's very season four. <laughs> if you're just gonna throw the season four vibe, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. like Sam exercising, or like killing Alistair. That'd be the other one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one too. Yeah, definitely. The the look, like I said, the look on Dean and Cass. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's Claire, Cass, as they they do see Sam. It's. I mean, Cash shows no outward surprise, but I wouldn't ever expect him to. Whereas, I don't know. I don't know what the expression on Dean's face even is. It's like Not- shocked and horror, but like disappointment. Like betrayed. It's just, yeah. yeah. And then the, the look on Dean's face when Sam puts his hand up, mm-hmm. right? He thinks I- that Sam's about to attack him. Yeah. Exactly. <gasps> yeah. yeah he makes- I think he like flinches back or something. Like he mm-hmm. thinks he's about to be attacked. It's, it's also just making that final connection, right? He's getting his psychic powers from drinking demon blood. Like, it all just comes together in, like, a moment because he sees, like, the physical proof of that because he drank the demon blood and then he's able to exercise Amelia. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so then, yeah, demons are gone. Dean goes to help Amelia. Claire Cass goes to Jimmy, uh, who is dying and has got, like, blood coming out of his teeth. I don't he's know why that's... really dying. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, he's he's TV dying for sure. You served us well. Your work is done. It's time to go home now. Your real home. You rest forever in the fields of the Lord. And Jimmy doesn't want that. He asks after Claire. She's chosen. It's in her blood, as it was in yours. Please, Estelle. Just take me. Take me, please. We see Sam, Dean, and Amelia approach uh, while they're having this conversation. Cass is like, well, I want you to understand. You won't die, you won't age. Um, if you think the last year was painful, just picture a hundred, a thousand, more like it. And Jimmy's like, it doesn't matter. Uh, take me, j just take me. Claire casts it just like sighs and, and it's just like, as you wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really, it's really intense. Like, like Jimmy's just like begging and like, He's like got blood in his mouth like he's like and he can't even like hold himself up and mm -hmm. he's he's so terrified that his daughter is going to have this horrible experience of, of mm. trapped with, with an angel yeah it, it's a it's a really big sacrifice um it, it's one of it's it's kind of one of the I would argue until some of the the later like cast like dad's DL stuff I, I would mm. argue it's maybe one of the the best examples of a parent actually in the show like a parent that's actually like doing right by their kid because all yeah. the other parents in the show kind of like mess up in a big way <laughs> <laughs> also for me like you have you have Sam and Dean watching this as well and yeah. I think it's also it must be a realization as what of what angel possession actually entails yeah what the right? cost is exactly and that's really important later on as well like mm -hmm. you know dean needs to know <laughs> he needs to know that cost because it's very relevant in season five mm. well, um, and there's something very horrifying in like a subtle way about Cass possessing a child of just like oh there's no there's like no limits here and this this kid's life could be like stolen and like and she could be trapped in her own body Mm -hmm. maybe forever For, um yeah and this is this is like the will of heaven this is this is angels like this is sort of very like subtly horrific and that's like yeah that's that's bad that's real bad right there um you know angels aren't above possessing children we've seen demons do it yeah. we've seen lilith do it mm -hmm. um but how is this any it, it feels like how is this any different yeah and to be fair to cast here it's like he clearly possessed claire to save all of them Yes. And also, potentially, Claire was even praying, right? Because we know she's religious at this point, and yeah. she also just saw proof of demons. Um, <laughs> and, right. and, and of course, Cass, uh, uh, Jimmy prayed. Um, and I think he didn't possess Jimmy because he, he knows how miserable it was for Jimmy. And and even, he doesn't think he's going to get a yes, but also, he, I, I think he doesn't want to. I think... He knows how miserable it made Jimmy, and he, he doesn't want to do that to him again. That's, yeah. that's the impression I get. <sighs> it's real tough, man. It's a because, tragedy. Like, Cass <laughs> yeah. has to have a vessel. Like, he needs to have, yeah. you know, needs to help with the apocalypse. But who do you choose? Do you choose this, like, broken, bleeding man on the floor? Um, or, you know, the, the child that prayed for his help, presumably. And from a kind of 
I have a little unfeeling angel stuff at the moment. Yeah, Claire kind of seems like the better option. Well, there's maybe the idea that maybe Claire would hate it less than Jamie did, or I don't know. It's just it's Cass knows how much how much Jimmy hates it and what's it what it's like possessing a, a vessel that is visible with it, and it's that's not necessarily the same kind of. He doesn't have that experience with with Claire yet, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's tough. I, I I feel for Cass, but I mean, I always feel for Cass as well. And it's also like <laughs> he he possessed her to save all of them, but also he's we know that he's been like punished severely, and he has hmm. to come back to Earth and possess someone. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably going to yeah. be this bloodline. <laughs> Considering what he says at the end of this episode. It's surprising he's being as compassionate as he is here, I feel. Yeah, and I and I think that's more evidence for he's not brainwashed. He's been he just come came back from being horrifically tortured for also, yeah. like Heaven Time is different. We do not know how long. Um mm-hmm. like he has his mm-hmm. memories, he has his compassion, but he's terrified. Well, m- maybe also the idea of possessing like a child will make it easier for Sam and Dean not to want to get him involved. Whereas, like, because obviously yeah. they see Cass as a, a full-grown adult who can make decisions. Mm. Whereas, you know, they're gonna they would treat a child much more differently than that. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. you're right. Maybe it would help that help create that barrier between them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. If nothing else, it's it's a face they don't have. Uh, attachment to yet yeah everything exactly. else would be like a visual reset um so they switch over so cast is now in cast <laughs> or back in, yeah back in jimmy <laughs> yeah instantly hilsey stands up and amelia goes to claire and embraces her amelia looks over to cast and cast just has no like emotion well he looks really like like stone faced but then his eyes kind of look I don't know he he they look dead in like a very I don't know it's kind of haunting and um and I, I don't know if it's like the cooler drop effect but I think you can see some like regret in there mm. but yeah if nothing else mm. it's like well why does it, it is very disturbing the cast is this emotionless the, the way it's shot is him he walks past Jimmy's family towards Sam and Dean so it's like leaving that part of yeah that behind mm. towards what he should be being like on the path to I don't know I, I liked the way they shot it because he does yeah, just breeze past them <laughs> Dean asks Cass you know what were you going to tell me Cass says I learned my lesson while I was away Dean I serve heaven, I don't serve man. And I certainly don't serve you. Oof. And then he like angrily walks away. He just he just had no reason to like put in that last line, just saying. He well, didn't have to reiterate specifically, you Dean. Don't need to serve you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact he walks away too. Instead of disappearing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He storms exactly. off, is what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, but he has a reason to be angry at Dean in that Dean's the reason he's been falling, mm-hmm. at least part of the reason, and that's also then the reason he was punished. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not Dean's fault exactly, but 
You can see why he's angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Dean's very existence is causing him doubts and issues, so he's mad at him. <laughs> Which is even less fair if you consider the fact that this has happened to Cass before and he doesn't remember it, but like, yeah. it, what, it, it's happened to you before without Dean involved, so like, <laughs> it really isn't Dean's fault, but I get it. I get being angry. <laughs> so if you just weren't so good looking, I could follow my orders and everything would be fine. And just it stood there looking at you. I'm walking away. <laughs> yeah, the, the angels up in heaven, like, like talking to Cass and being like, we think that Dean Winters is a bad influence on you, Castiel. Like, I think we, we need you to stay away from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, like he, we've talked about like, oh, you know, what point is he like really doubting things and stuff? I I think you're right in the, obviously the Great Pumpkin Sam Winchester is the first moment, but you just see like this slow drip, drip, drip of him disobeying orders. Um, And the, on the head of the pin was the like climax of that, I guess. Uh, I mean, even um, the monster at the end of this book as well, like him, like not helping, but helping. And that kind of completely destroys the plan. Yeah. Chuck had to have been angry after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, he, he threw, he literally like threw out the script that Chuck wrote and Chuck was very clearly like surprised by it. Absolutely. I can't imagine he was happy about that. I, I think that's it. We saw the build-up. I think at Monster at the end of the book, there was the outright disobeying, even though he kind of, like, did a loophole to say he couldn't, <laughs> didn't yeah. really do it. But it was. It was disobeying. It was the same thing in in The Incredibles when when Mr. Incredible is, like... <laughs> like doing the insurance and he, he like loudly tells like he, he yes. tells like the the older woman like i can't tell you that you should go to this guy for help and and then uh, so eventually mr incredible gets in trouble from his boss uh of, yeah. like you keep like all of your patients so- somehow know like the loopholes in our system <laughs> you know what you're doing it's exactly that yeah yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he was going to get in trouble eventually with his boss. <laughs> we find out later what Cass was going to tell Dean and that it's it's Cass knows he discovered the like the grand plan and mm-hmm. how bad it is. And he was going to tell Sam and Dean and boy, would that have messed things up big time. Yep. Like that Sorry, was yes. an absolute like no go. <laughs> like they were not going to let that happen. Chuck was not going to let that happen. No. Chuck could never allow it. It would have messed with his, like, slow burn Cain and Abel. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the, uh, the monster, at the end of this book, you know, we have that scene between Chuck and Zachariah. Again, it's assuming Chuck saw the apocalypse, he also said, you know, I have to warn Sam and Dean. Chuck probably also told Zachariah that something weird happened in that, um, Dean yeah. came to me when I didn't see it because he's obviously playing the prophet to them at this point as well. Yeah. Um, so that's probably what led to Casp, you know, being in the situation that he was at the beginning of this episode. You're right, actually. It's all Chuck's fault. He blabbed to him to his superiors. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
because if if he had not i think if chuck had not said that like this is all my guesswork of course so um my guess is that if chuck had not said that what dean did was not something i prophesized Cass wouldn't have got into trouble like they would have just assumed that was the plan for Cass to use chuck as an archangel magnet mm. <laughs> yeah shield <laughs> well, well but somehow Cass finds out the grand plan right and they find out that he knows right so and then he's going to tell the winchesters yeah. so yeah that might have happened regardless i mean obviously mm. chuck's like orchestrating it all but in terms of like the persona of you know the the prophet being like the the reason i maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no sorry i'm just like thinking about Cass like going through like his re-education I, I just wonder what they would have said to him to get him back on 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 track with the with the plan it, it was jimmy it was jimmy begging for help and the only way that that they could get saved that he could protect his this guy that he he owes and this guy that he did promise so like to like he promised that he would take care of Jimmy's family and he, the mm-hmm. only way he, he like he had to have been feeling so guilty and the only way he's allowed to like leave heaven and help them is if he you know he submits cool. he he plays ball like Mm-hmm. That was like the compromise he had to make. You're completely right. I always thought it was inevitable that Cass would come back to Earth, but yeah, maybe this was the compromise that he finally he wasn't gonna come back and and then had agreed to their terms because of Jimmy. I didn't really. Well, I think I think maybe it was inevitable he was gonna come back to Earth once they broke him. But this was mm. like I think what broke him actually. Ah oh, no! <laughs> I've been That's thinking about so this bad. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think that's right. I think, yeah, I think. Oh, god damn you, Jimmy! <laughs> Fine. No, I I like that theory. It's it's horrifying, and I love it. Okay, so last scene in this episode, we get back into the Impala, and it's Justine and Sam now, and they are just in silence. Sam eventually breaks that silence. He's like, all right, come on. <laughs> Do the angry Dean thing. Drop the bomb, man. You saw what I did. Come on, stop the car. Take a swing. I'm going to take a swing. Then scream. Chew me out. No mad, Sam. Come on. You're not mad. Nope. He's expecting him to go full out, like, complete rage moment with Sam, mm-hmm. which is, to be fair... Typical. how Dean normally reacts yeah he's uh, not great he shouldn't be taking out physical violence on his brother and Dean says that he's not gonna he's not gonna punch him you know he's not mad which is something's up right <laughs> <laughs> I mean we know something's up but like Sam must think like something's up Sam tries to says like you know right okay well at least let me explain myself he's still anticipating Dean being angry later so he's gonna try and explain yeah. himself now and Dean's like, well, look, don't, I don't care. And Sam says, you don't care? What do you want me to say, that I'm disappointed? Yeah, I am. But mostly I'm just tired, man. I'm done. I am just done. And I think I might actually believe Dean when he says he's not angry. I think, yeah, he might just be too full of, yeah, he's too tired and he's too hopeless to be mad. So he yeah. said in, in at the end of It's a Terrible Life that 
you know, he didn't believe in destiny and stuff. He deals with the problems that are right in front of him. Well, the moment Sam's the problem that's right in front of him, I think this is focus to get Sam from A to B at this point. Yeah. And having a big argument at the side of the road is just delaying that. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But he also does look very tired, though. He it's, it's resi- It is resignation. It's like, I have to do this thing now. I feel real crappy about it. I think if he didn't have a plan, he would be blowing up at him, though. So Sam's phone rings and, and it's Bobby. And um, he says that phrase that we were talking about before. He's like, you better shag ass back to my place. I'm like, who That's says That's great. This? Yes. I noticed that too. I was like, so they clearly got it from Bobby, but like, where did Bobby get it from? And like, I don't the really... The 50s? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to kind of Google it because I'm like, I don't want to know what comes up when you type in shag ass. Let's I, be real. I know where. I know where he got it. Um, this is my theory. Uh, so we learn later, um, I think this is because of a truth spell, that sometimes Bobby likes to get uh, a pedicure. So I think, I like to imagine Bobby like going to a mall and like, there's like a lot of really colorful characters that like work at like the mall giving him like a pedicure. And, um, and one of them introduces him to some, some colorful new slang. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, I'm keeping that. That's amazing. That's now canon. I've decided. <laughs> so, Sam does ask, like, what's going on? And Bobby's just like, is the apocalypse? Like, come on. <laughs> and um, he, so Sam hangs up the phone and Tina asks, what did he say? He doesn't answer. They arrive to Bobby's house and um, they go to the panic room door. And Bobby's like, oh, thanks for getting here so quickly. Like, it's fine. And they open the door and Bobby's like, go on in. I want to show you something. And Sam walks in. What's the big demon problem? You are. This is for your own good. Guys? Hey, hey. He's, he's confused, first of all, because he walks up to the door and they just close the little hatch so he can see out. Um, yeah, which is, that's kind of cruel. Like, yeah. it's like a, he can't get through, he can't squeeze through the hatch. No. <laughs> so, I have a question. When did Dean call Bobby to get this done? Because Bobby had to remove the opening on the other side of that door because obviously they can lock themselves in and have to get in and out but they want to keep yeah. Sam in from coming out so they had to remove and obviously Bobby works fast because he built that room in a weekend <laughs> yeah. well and in Illinois is like I don't know isn't that like it's a good handful of hours away from, from Sioux Falls at least it's, it's an off screen thing but I could you think about Sam ringing Ruby at the gas station, right? It could have been a very similar situation with like, they pulled over for a gas and, and Dean rang Bobby to explain what he had seen. They probably, maybe they drove like Amelia and Claire home. That's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, did they just abandon them there? I hope not. <laughs> um, so there might've been a lot, it might've taken a while. There might've been a lot of occasions for, for Dean to, yeah, to call Bobby. Yeah. And I do feel like Dean and Bobby have been having conversations on the side about Sam's psychic powers. I yeah, can't yeah. see them not discussing that at some point and not talking to Sam about it. Like, they, they've been keeping him out of the loop of that. So, yeah. 
Dean has said to Sam before, if you weren't my brother, I'd be hunting you. Like, that's a line he actually said. So yeah. I, I think they've had this plan for a while. And this was just a case of Dean ringing Bobby and being like, it's got it's bad time. enough. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of shocking. But the I think you're right, actually, Danny. Like, the way that Dean has been more apathetic to the, in the season as well is almost like him creating that distance between him and Sam to the point where he could actually do this without yeah. it breaking him. Or it's giving up and, and and until he learns about the demon blood, giving up and just being like, well, Sam's going to Sam. I can't stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, it's not good, right? Like, it's either it's either trying to distance himself so he can he can lock up Sam or trying to distance himself because he, he knows Sam's going down, like, a bad path and he's yeah. and he's not going to do anything. Like, either way, it's, it's a... It's a it's a bad sort of like interpersonal apathy. Yeah, it's a it's an avoidance technique, right? It's a, <laughs> a, you know, you're just trying to like emotionally detach yourself from that person that you feel like you're gonna lose at some point. Yeah, and it's and it's depression, and he's got a lot going on. It <laughs> 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 just didn't count like his like ultimate abuser, and that was a whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then learn that he kind of started the apocalypse. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's just got a lot, like, you know, if he had a therapist, they'd be very busy at the moment. That's what, you know. Oh, man. Like, they would be busy with just, like, season one stuff, let alone, like, hell. Your dad said what to you? <laughs> How long were you left alone in a motel as, a, as a, like, a 12-year-old? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. So, yeah. I mean, that's where they end this episode with Sam basically shouting through the door, um, you know, guys, guys, guys. Yeah, and just cut to black, yeah. Yeah, that's a... It's a good setup. It's a good setup for the final two episodes, though. Like, come on. Yeah. Love to see it. Yeah. I do love this. I, I, I love this episode because, like, much, much Misha content, much, much good Misha content with, like, just looking amazing. Um, <laughs> you're right, actually. Some of the acting from other people in this episode were maybe not so great at times. <laughs> but it might have just... I think that's partly direction, too, to be honest. I don't know that I like dislike other people's acting. Dean being apathetic works well with like where he's actually that's supposed true. to be in the, the arc. Like, it's, you know, we see it in on that of a pin, and it's obviously what's, like, going to be propelling things forward in the last two episodes here. Uh, Sam, I mean, I, I think, I think Jerry does a really good job with Sam looking yeah. <laughs> like hell and, <laughs> and just like having like, like a meltdown. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think people do a decent job. I think Misha just is incredible and he also gets more material, like more interesting material. Yeah, I, that's it. <laughs> As Annabelle said many times this episode, we just we didn't get enough Misha during Supernatural. Like they didn't yeah. give him enough episodes <laughs> that were the focus of him. And it's actually really compelling stuff. Like you think about some fan favorite episodes, like The Man Who Would Be King is a fan favorite episode because it's just such yeah. a good insight into his character. And like, where were those? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like so often Misha gets like B plots or C plots. It's like. You didn't have to sideline Sam and Dean or anything, but he he could have gotten more A plots. That's all I'm saying. Totally. Like, yeah, there could have been way more because heaven is compelling. Like it was, 
I don't know. It's And just that whole dynamic of being an angel who's falling. I mean, season nine was such a... I'm just having a season nine rant for a second. Season nine was such a cop-out, man. <laughs> it was a huge cop-out. Although that was actually some of the more, like, meteor-like material. There was, like, longer, like scenes that focused on Cass like yeah. I, I, I don't like season 9 and it was a cop out but there was actually a lot of Cass content that was about him as a person and we should mm-hmm. got to do some different things it's like the one highlight of the season despite also being like very painful <laughs> right they, they just didn't do enough of it I wanted to see more of a I like the, the f- a fall anyway season 9 I will talk about it in like two years time <laughs> fine <laughs> i think it's interesting that this episode is called the rapture because oh no i know why i know why <laughs> go go for it okay i mean maybe i don't I, I can't necessarily say what the writer's thinking but i i think this is a i think it's appropriate because so the rapture as like the pop like the popular like evangelical concept is not at all in the bible like it's a completely mm-hmm. like made up myth it's a thing that a lot of evangelicals believe in because of like cultural like like stories it's the same reason like the hell with like the the pitchforks and like the the torture is also like a made-up thing it's not in the bible Mm -hmm. and so it's not at all in the bible but it's a thing a lot of evangelicals believe in it's something i was raised to believe for a long time and and so it's this thing that some people with faith will believe in really intensely and people some of them will prep and they'll prepare for the rapture and they'll build up stocks of, of food and, and like supplies for the rapture and they'll yeah. they often there's some more intense people that will think that that they will be looking for signs for the rapture or thinking that god's telling them that the rapture is going to happen this way and it's going to happen soon mm-hmm. and it's all this made-up thing it's all this faith in something that is unfounded and it's it's fundamentally very like dangerous to people mm-hmm. and yeah. it's 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 delusional and I, I mean that in the nicest way possible so so part of why I love this episode is I <laughs> I when I was a teenager I actually suffered from religious delusions mm. I thought God was talking to me I thought that God had like this big like destiny for me it got it got pretty rough mm-hmm. on I'm like fine now and everything I've had therapy <laughs> but it, it, that was very much like that, I think that was kind of the natural progression of the way I was raised combined yeah. with like some PTSD. Um, but like I, it was, it was like some real delusions. Um, and this episode I think is a very accurate portrayal actually mm. of that as much as yes, an actual angel was talking to Jimmy. Like, I think it's basically a one-to-one story about someone who genuinely believes something and, you're not, you're not wrong or crazy for believing things, but mm. you you take it too far and you believe too much and you you lose sight of like basic logic and reason and you end up ruining your life over it and hurting the people you love and this has happened to a lot of people and yeah and, and when Jimmy you know comes back to his family and that you know he he's he's in recovery he's no longer you know delusional and mm-hmm. it's interesting it's like the thing where he won't pray he won't say grace that's mm. that's something I had with me because I had I, I have OCD and so like my village delusions like mixed with OCD and I I had like OCD prayer that I I did like over and over again and so it's like now like I I wouldn't touch 
like prayer with like a 10 foot pole because it's it was it was toxic for me and, and, yeah. and I'm not mm. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be Christians or people shouldn't have faith I'm saying this is a particular way that it can go bad for some mm-hmm. people right and and this is a specific situation that happens to some people and I think yeah. it's very accurate um portrayal of that that's that's why I love this episode is because in Supernatural is so there's a lot of things, but it's, you know, it's silly. It's, it's angels and demons and it's, you know, witch killing bullets and it's, <laughs> and it's angel radio and it's, you know, that one tentacle episode, but like, this is like a, a really, and it's all, that's all good. I have, I don't have any complaints about any of that. Um, but this is like a really real thing and I, and I, mm-hmm. and it's, it's also very like cathartic for me. And I think that's really I think it's really nice. It's it's um it, it it's a really real good episode in in the midst mm. of all this like make believe and I I like that. Do Do you think as well the like overarching theme of this episode of family being kind of the should be the forefront over faith is helpful as well? Yeah, I mean obviously it depends on like your family. For some people, their family yeah, is what reinforces these things. Mm. That's what it was for me. Um, I wouldn't have had that any of those issues I mean I was a teenager if if that wasn't the kind of stuff I was taught you know mm. same thing with the I was taught to believe in the rapture and stuff like that um not that that was the particular variant that mine took but any, anyway um but for some people it can be on a fundamental level like people can help pull you out of things uh, um it, it's not always like a guarantee but all the time like love and and help from people who care about you can be the thing that that gets you out of it not always yeah. but that's a that's one of the main ones and mm-hmm. for anyone suffering from like mental health issues support is like the thing that they say you need you need support yeah. from someone that, that from people that can help you and be there for you yeah i don't know that Absolutely. is that is even if it's not the solution it is kind of the point of like well, once you get out of it, you realize, like, okay, so all that faith stuff, that wasn't what really mattered. What mattered was my family, and I miss them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Well, th- thank you for sharing that as well with us, Danny. I think it's really, it, it's a really relevant and touching. Yeah. I, I just thought maybe I have a unique look on the episode compared to maybe the average person and I don't know I thought maybe that was I important. absolutely agree with you I, I really know, appreciate I, it thank yeah. you I just think it's like I said I, I th- the, the accuracy of it I, I think it's really cool because you don't see mm. you don't see that kind of this kind of story uh, especially done this well on TV <laughs> like it's just not a story <laughs> that's being told at least not any of the stuff I'm watching no I mean you're hard pressed to find any content online that I think deals, or I say online or like on TV, I guess at this point, um, that deals with any kind of religious overtones these days. I find, you know, I feel like people are almost afraid to touch it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just because like changes in the world and how people converse with each other, but um, there seems to be a lot. I think uh, it, it's funny because Supernatural, were all, they were always so. I think they were resistant to doing it. I mean, Kripke said, you know, they didn't really want to go down the kind of biblical path at one point, um, but then they realised that was the direction that the show was going, um, and they decided to, like, kind of go for it. Um, And I actually think that's what made the show more popular. (laughs) Yeah, it's not religious. It's just, like, 
characters from the Bible or you know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. right? It's like the story elements, but it's not. It's not like a f- faith thing. It's not a religious thing. It's yeah. yeah. Um, they managed to toe that line very well, actually. I've always yeah, been quite impressed with that in Supernatural. I, I do think so. And I, I do think with Cass's overall arc also kind of parallels a lot of this stuff. Like, it, it is mm. kind of the same story as Jimmy, but just over a lot longer amount of time of slowly, mm. like, realizing, like, oh, I've been believing in this, like, completely wrong thing, and I've been, you know... I've hurt people and you know it's losing faith and it's mm-hmm. sort of defecting from the faith and it's finding meaning in in family and people and yeah I think it's kind of the same story yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah I totally agree with you actually um I think I think Cass's story is the most compelling and supernatural like his <laughs> character too. over the seasons um but, but I'm, I'm sure a cast girl. I don't know if, you, <laughs> if our opinions are valid. What's a cast girl? Like, I couldn't even be my... <laughs> Is there someone who's, like, equally cast Sam and Dean girl? Like, completely, <gasps> like, a complete perfect split. Like, their opinion is probably the most unbiased. But does such yeah. a person exist? And if so, are they the perfect person? <laughs> I don't know. Can you be... Hmm... I did used to be a Sam girl when I was younger, but not now. <laughs> if you're a Sam girl, are, are there not moments with Dean that you're just going to be like, how can I be a Sam girl after what Sam's done to Dean? And like... The other way around, though, too. Like, Dean is yeah. a dick to Sam True. so many times. I'm a big believer in, in you can't really criticize either Sam or Dean because no. they're being... Like, the little god of the universe is fixated on them and writing their story. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, maybe the only person you can criticize in Supernatural, if we're talking about a free will, is maybe Cass. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> he's, like, the only person that we know consistently has free will. Not, not always, but a lot of the time. Versus, mm-hmm. we, there's a lot of, like, provable moments where Sam and Dean don't. I think you can apologize yeah. for all of them, right? They're all I mean, I'm flawed. never going to apologize for, for John, but... but <laughs> oh, God, And maybe though. that's unfair. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, he's definitely being written by by Chuck, but I don't care. He, he deserves to burn in hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... Like, if I was being objective, it's not his fault, but I don't. I don't care, man. He sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Also, he's he's metaphorically Chuck, so. That's, yeah. And also, so we know that the, pro- like, again, from the, the episode, two episodes ago, uh, the monster at the end of this book, the prophecies start at the beginning of season, uh, season one. So how much was John actually written? Mm-hmm. I'm not defending John, but we know that, there was literally no free will in him and Mary getting together. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they handle that in the Winchesters. I really, I, yeah, I'm not too. sure. I hope they get it right, or at least like partially right. Yeah, yeah, if they won't. <laughs> Anna has no faith in the Winchesters at all. Like none. The, the I think it will be okay. The thing so- is, Robbie <laughs> has done right by us in the past. Yeah, I I believe in Robbie Thompson. <laughs> exactly. But does he have enough enough control over the story to give us and what we deserve? And now we know that Richard Spite is also directing like a majority yeah. of the season. 
It's like, I trust a lot of people involved, but also I don't trust... I don't know. We don't get nice things, do we? (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust our track record. (laughs) Yeah. Okie dokie. Is there anything else we'd like to discuss about this episode before we do the wrap-up? I mean, I always have more things to say. (laughs) I don't think so. Um, uh, Poor Cass. Poor Jimmy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, actually, one thing of... I think Amelia's a really good mom in this episode of of really consistently trying to protect Claire and, Mm. you know, even Mm. at the cost of of her relationship with with Jimmy. Um, And that's kind of incongruous with Amelia later on in the show who abandons Claire after this episode to go and try and find Jimmy. And it kind of has similar to Jimmy of, like, that's kind of uh, irrational like delusional thing of like just like walking out on your family to go and you know find an angel basically and uh-huh. it's uh and I, I don't think it fits I, I I understand like I'm fine with it in terms of like how it works for Claire's arc and I, I really like Claire's arc yeah uh, and her character but it isn't who this Amelia is unless she right. maybe has a full mental breakdown from the experience and from being possessed or something um, and of course, they did recast her, so it literally isn't the same Amelia. But <laughs> <laughs> you're right that they wanted to make the Amelia John parallel to to completely decode Claire. Gosh, that sentence would be incomprehensible to anyone who doesn't understand supernatural. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> as I said, so that's why they went down that path. But I think you're right. Her actions in this episode do not mesh at all with who she becomes later on. I mean, Amelia, right. not Claire. Oh, you know what they do though, and when mm-hmm. she come, when Amelia comes back in season ten, yeah. is like the, the the like weird angel Gregory is keeping her in like a dreamlike state, kind of like a gin. Yeah. Um, and she's dreaming of like, like reuniting with Jimmy and everything. Um, like she's literally doesn't she's literally not connected with reality, like mm. in like a very like mm. like real tangible way. She is disconnected from reality. And she's literally sick in the fact that she's being, like, fed on and she's, like, ill. Mm. And, yeah. So it is kind of metaphorically a mental breakdown, I think. Uh, I think you can logic your way around why she would act the way she's acting. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of make it make sense this episode, but... I mean, I'm glad we got Claire out of it. I know she's kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And by, you know proxy the whole wayward daughters kind of storylines we got there which i'm just it's gonna be painful to talk about that when we get get there because i love it so much yeah Hmm. yeah i feel like we didn't talk about enough about claire in this episode but i feel like we will and she doesn't she's not at all like the claire we see later which is fun there's a a big a lot of time passes Mm. and including like puberty happens in between and homelessness (laughs) (laughs) The world hardens her. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, next week we're going to be watching or talking about when the levee breaks. And I'm quite interested in this one. It should be, should be good. Oh yeah. Not oh, yeah. a very intense one. Yep. Yes. <sighs> These episodes get and longer then, and longer. <laughs> I know. And like, I can't believe we're at the penultimate episode of this season. I can't like, it's, it's blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that um, we're almost at the end of the season four. 
We're nearly at the end of the Kripke era. I mean, not obviously season five is the end of it, but it just feels very close. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going what's gonna to happen? I know, I know, but <laughs> also what's going to happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't believe we've been doing this for nearly four seasons. It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, I've been having fun listening to the podcast. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So before I go into our thank yous today, I'd like to thank you. And um, <laughs> with, um, we love having you on because you're such fun. You really are. Such yeah. Fun. Yeah. You just vibe with our energy. <laughs> That's good. I, I absolutely love it. I, I, I look forward to these a lot. So, so good. <laughs> Is there um, anything you'd like to plug or like your social media or anything? Uh, yeah, the only thing I really have is is my my supernatural tumblr account which is i have doubts um hyphens in in between (laughs) um, we'll have it linked yeah 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 that's where we blog a lot of supernatural stuff (laughs) occasionally post my more controversial opinions (laughs) (laughs) that's fine we, we love a controversial opinion well yeah thank you very much for being on with us i'm sure we'll have you back in the future as well um oh, that'd be great thank you yeah. for having me on <laughs> okay um so additionally i'd like to thank the pixel agora for his wonderful art on our podcast if you would like to purchase that you can find it on our Redbubble. um and of, of course some of the proceeds go back to the artist because that's how we roll here <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to come chat with us about this episode or any other episode on social media um we are escaping purgatory podcast on tumblr facebook and instagram and escaping podcast on twitter so yeah come say hi and i don't know talk to us about cast stuff yeah. <laughs> if, if you're a sad girl reach out we're clearly missing your opinions so we we'd like i have a lot of respect to... for sam girls yeah send yeah. us some some of your comments and, and stuff and maybe we'll include it in the show and it has to go beyond the fact that he has floofy hair because we appreciate the floofy hair the, <laughs> it, the, the floofiness comes with the territory <laughs> i just think he should have stayed a blood freak i think that's very fun and interesting yeah, I want to see him full blood warlock. By the end of season fifteen, yes. full or at least sandwich. <laughs> That's what Dean calls it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I want that one on a t-shirt. See, <laughs> yeah. who's who's the bread in the sandwich? Yes. Well, okay. Marina. No, no, no. Yeah, well, there's Marina and there's Eileen, and then. Sam's the um the moose meat in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Probably should eat moose. <laughs> so uh, this week through Purgatory, we met up with another friend, and this time we had a nice chat about the rapture and what family means and bodily autonomy. But ultimately, we have to move on and try and find our way out. See you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>